Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast Show 295. And we got a doozy here for you tonight, giving you all that fantasy football knowledge, giving you that goo, dropping goo, dropping knowledge, giving it all. And we're going to call this show Your FF Gasoline for Week 14, giving you that fantasy football firepower. And this week, we're actually doing this show over um, a nice little Uber conference. Um, we've got Stag Party on the other end of the line. Houdini is out this week. He's dealing with some family matters. Uh, so we're wishing him all the best. Um, and we're sorry that we're getting this show out a little bit later. Usually, we try and do it on Tuesday. A couple times this year, we've gotten it out on Wednesday due to some, um, some t- scheduling issues. This week, or this today, we're getting it out on Thursday. Um, so be it. So we're not going to cover the Thursday night game. Um, but what's going on, Stag Party? What's going on, Mr. Mexico? How was it? That was a good time. Nice little break. It's making it hard to get back in the flow of things, though. Getting back in the saddle after you get out for like a full week completely unplugged, pretty much, is a tough, tough thing to do. Like... Oh. That's what you gotta do. That's why you work. Yeah, it's it's like impossible to do. Like, uh, I don't know if I could do that again, and then expect to pick right back up where I left off. <laughs> explain that to uh, you're, you've been trying to explain that to uh, Leno and, and McNay this week, right? Yeah, I, I'm trying, but they're, they're the work just keeps piling up, so it happens. Awesome, dude. Well, I hope you had a good time. I saw some some Facebook pictures of you dancing on the floor, like I like to see at those at those weddings. Um, sweaty, sweaty stag party on the floor is, is always a good time. Um, but hope you had a blast. Good, good stuff. Yeah. So let's get into it. You know, I think in in general, like you said, the Thursday night game basically starts in under an hour. Uh, we're going to try and plug through this and get a two-hour show in here so we can go and enjoy that game ourselves. This is one of the reasons why we don't record the show on Thursday in season. Uh, we want to give it a little shelf life. That's why we like Tuesday. But also, it sucks doing a podcast when there's actually NFL on. So we're going to skip that Saints and uh, Falcons game. Is there anything you want to mention that's in your head that's, um, you know, Nostradamus, Stagstradamus S that you could mention that when people listen to this after the game's over, you say, I, I told you so. I still think Ingram with his toe injury is going to be just fine. And this backfield is going to operate like it has every other week of the season, you know, since the AP trade. I don't really see Kamara going out and getting a much bigger workload. Uh, I think they like the, you know, 12 to 15 type touch role he's in. And they don't want to pile any more on them. So I still think you're going to see Ingram in a big, big role. Um, and then on the Falcons side, we've got to see if Matt Ryan can start putting together a couple touchdown passes. Because when you look at Drew Brees and Matt Ryan combined, their their touchdown passes on a per-game average are way below sort of their career numbers. Let's see if one of these guys can really show up on the, on a Thursday night stage. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be pretty crucial. I think, in general, obviously we know that Ingram is gonna play. That toe issue isn't gonna hold him out. In general, um, you know the numbers are down for Breeze, but it's been favorable for the team. So, oh, they're not they're not complaining. I, I think 
I think over the last three weeks, fantasy-wise, or almost just eye test-wise, Kamara's looked like essentially the best player in the league. Um, is this something – is this kind of a flash in the pan? Is this just that moment, that, that, that 15 minutes of fame? Or do you think that we have a guy that over the course of the next, let's just say five years, I'm not going to give this guy a, a Hall of Fame career like I did another rookie earlier in the season. Um, but what do you think? Is Kamara just the real deal and this guy is going to be someone we're going to be talking about for years to come? Or is, is just this, this a serendipitous um, moment for the dude? I think it's a serendipitous stretch. Guys rarely have a, a stretch of a season where they score every 13 touches. <laughs> and that's what he's doing right now. So, um, you know, the numbers are going to fall back to earth here eventually. Doesn't mean he's not going to be a, you know, good fantasy player and, you know, a supreme sort of third down back, a third down back plus maybe, you know, getting a little bit more carries. But you look at his pace of carries and it's not like he's going to be much over the 120 carry mark on the season. So he's going to be like a 200 touch type player rather than being a workhorse. And, I, and you know, how he was used at Tennessee was sort of a similar way where they really limited his touches. So maybe this is just a guy who's better like that. Like CJ Spiller when he was the second back to Fred Jackson. And, you know, we sort of saw how that played out when you tried to make him the feature back. Totally. You guys have turned me on that. I've, 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 I've staked claim to your – you, I used to always think, God, Stag Party loves that third down back so much. I want workhorse. I want workhorse. Maybe back then, four years ago, when we were talking about this, maybe there was just more guys that actually were quasi workhorse, and there just isn't that anymore. But um, you always used to put up. Remember when you won our first Pyro League? Uh, you did it like with got third. You did it with a couple third down backs. Like, how the fuck is this guy getting these kind of points? And I learned my lesson there. Like, you know what? These stags is right, dude. These guys that need don't need the volume to get the points are uh, own are, are ownable and should have a great spot on your team. Um, whereas I, I just kind of grew up in the old school and thought that, that you just needed that guy that you needed the stud that was going to get all the totes. And sometimes you're better off getting what you do more with less, more with less. Yeah. All yep. right. Let's do the first. Let's go to the first game on Sunday. And uh, that's going to be the Indianapolis Colts are at Buffalo. Just saw um, some weather reports and actually some video on, uh, I think, the NFL Network uh, a couple hours ago. It is snowing like a mofo in Buffalo right now. So it's football weather, Bills style. Uh, We'll start with the Colts. Uh, What are your thoughts? Uh, If it's going to be snowing and, you know, the Bills – at the end of the season, they love to play spoiler and somehow find a way to end up eight and eight in December. That's like the Bills thing when in December at home, they allow like 10 points a game. So I want nothing to do with any of the Colts if it's going to be snowy and cold and 30 degrees. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett, we're going to have to see how he uh, could play in that type of conditions. But, you know, guys like T.Y. Hilton, we, we haven't seen him be successful in a you know, snow game or anything along those lines. So you look at everybody and, you know, the guy you're going to like the most is probably, you know, Frank Gore and Marlon Mack. You know, the the Bills are still getting torched by opposing running backs uh, and now on the season are allowing the most fantasy points 
uh, to the position, and that holds true over the last five weeks and even over the last three weeks, or over the last three weeks, they're top five. Um, so they are still getting beaten up by running backs. So I look for Frank Gore, Marlon Mack, uh, and this to be a ground-based game, but I don't see a lot of overall scoring opportunities. So that, that leads me to believe like it's a Frank Gore flex type week like usual, and I'm probably sitting anybody else except for you know T.Y. Hilton's a wide receiver three flex uh, with upside, but also major, major downside. The variance of his score could be anywhere from zero to 25, and we've seen that sort of play out this season. In, in my rookie league, and I'm going to try not to do this, but it's an important week, so bear with us, listening audience, uh, and hopefully some of you are in similar situations outside of the rookie issues that I may, might pose, but um, I'm going to need help because in my oldest league and my big money league, basically I'm in this mix where I think I've heard from fans and people that do fantasy in general that a lot of people, a lot of teams – there's there, there's not uh, there, there's not a lot of parity in, in in leagues fantasy leagues this year where there's a lot of teams that are clumped in that six and seven seven and six that are all fighting for a, a last spot and uh, that's happened for me in two leagues so I am going to ask a couple questions to help myself and hopefully that passes on and trickles down to you and helps our listeners um, Mac uh, basically in, in my rookie league I I'm, I think I've got to play him over a, a Corey Davis I've got to play him over that rookie uh, tight end on Arizona, whatever, Jones, um, right? I might like Ricky Seals-Jones more, just oh. just for the safety, uh, even though he's not safe in his own right. So uh, I, I think Mac might get eight to ten touches, but I just don't see a lot of scoring opportunities. I see sort of a slow-paced game on both sides. Like, if I don't have to play anybody in the snow, in you know, there's probably going to be a lot of wind associated with that, I'm going to avoid it at all costs. Um, now, with those other options, I think Max the surest bet to get some touches. Uh, so it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for the upside, I can't really see it from him, but that's about that. All right. I'll, I'll, I won't bother. I won't bore our, our audience. Uh, Frank Gore, I agree with you. On this one, it seems like he's the best option, especially in the snow. Uh, he's had, a, had a, his best game of the season last week, and he's actually been better than you would think uh, over the over the course of the season. Um, low low floor, low ceiling. Let's go over to the Bills. And um, Tyrod practiced today. Um, is he going to be – the starting quarterback or no matter what, if he's, if he's good to go, or is this one, another one of these, uh, is Peterman possibly be the starter? I think if Tyrod's healthy, they're going to stick with them. They've still got that, uh, you know, wild card, you know, shot. They're at home against a bad defense. Uh, and this is a team that's shown the ability to beat up bad opponents. So I, I think you stick with Tyrod and he gives you the best chance to win. And if he's completely healthy, I, th- I think he's a, pl- a good play, but then you got to factor in the wind and the snow, uh, and then he probably gets knocked down out of consideration for me in most DFS lineups, and that means he's only a play of desperate. Um, and then you look at his weapons, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, is he going to be in? Is he going to be out? I'm going to lean towards he's going to be out, and even if he's in, he's probably not playable. Uh, and 
sort of looking at everybody, you could go back and forth along the passing games for these two teams. And I don't see really anybody I'd like to play. And you could look at Charles Sims and Jack Doyle in pretty similar situations uh, and pretty similar sort of success uh, recently, except for Jack Doyle's done it a little bit more frequently. But they're sort of that 5-for-50, 6-for-60 type of player without much upside. But if you play them in PPR leagues, you should be able to see, you know, that safe return. Um, so the only people I want to play in this game are running backs. Uh, and the best one in the game is LaShawn McCoy. And, and against the Indianapolis Colts, I don't see a reason to sit him. <laughs> well, there you have it. I, I, I think you're right. I think um... – one thing, that bit of news that's out there in the interwebs today, and we, we all saw it, and there's a lot of uh, content, discontent um, on some of these suspensions that happened in that uh, Steelers-Bengals game. One of them actually got reduced to no suspension, just a fine. Um, but uh, the Gronk hit on uh, Tredavious White. Uh, Tredavious actually got interviewed today. It was just like that his suspension's a joke. Uh, you know, he could have he could have broke my neck. He could, uh, you know, all this stuff. And uh, the one thing I will say, you know, I try and bring in the the life and the the soul and the in the the, um, the the heart side of, of, of fantasy in the NFL on this show. Gronk never hasn't called him and apologized to him. And as a fan of Gronk, and as a you know, I'm a Brady guy. I actually like. New England Patriots, and I know people think I'm a Fairweather fan and think I'm a douche for that. I, I'll take that on the chin. That you're right, um, but the fact that Gronk hasn't called and and Tre'Davious and said, "Hey, buddy, I just got caught up in a moment, and sorry about that. I really apologize. Hope you're all right." This is a guy that got a concussion. Lost a lot of respect uh, for for Gronk in this one. I know he's an, an oofy, uh, goofy, oofy, whatever the word is, meatheady kind of guy, but I never thought he was a douche. Um, really, I thought he's a douche with his shirt off a couple times, but uh, not, a, not a good player and not a good person for the league until uh, hearing that he didn't call him and kind of or reach out to his camp or whatnot and say, hey, sorry about that. I, I fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Gronk's going to gronk. Gronk, douche, and all right. Um, there you go. Running backs in that game, probably nothing else. Let's go to the next game. Cowboys at the New York Giants. Whew. Yeah. No news there, but no news here. Uh, let's start with the Cowboys. There's not much to say at this point. What are your thoughts? I mean, Dez, last Thursday, Dez probably had his best game and, you know, definitely Alfred Morris had his best game of the season. Are you feeling comfortable playing either of these guys? Are they in your lineups? Is the Giants are good? Can Just talk to talk. I'll just shut up for a minute. I mean, I think you're definitely starting Dez against the Giants. They put Janoris Jenkins on IR, so that gives them no real true cover corner. Um, I think you're definitely starting Dez. Outside of that, Cole Beasley, no. Terrence Williams, no. Jason Witten, only if you're desperate, even though he does seem to play his best football against the Giants. Uh, and then you look at the running back, Alfred Morris. What can he get done? Can he continue that you know great game that he had? Uh, you know, 120, 
uh, 120 plus yards on 27 carries and, you know, finding the end zone, but that was by far his best game. Um, now, you know, going up against these, uh, New York Giants, who are allowing 4.3 yards on the season uh, to opposing running backs per carry, 4.54 yards over the last five weeks, and 4.46 yards over the last three weeks. There's nothing to really be concerned if you're an Alfred Morris owner. The question is, what is his upside? Who should I start him over? Because I think he's definitely in that RB2 range uh, after that showing last week. But you know, everybody's out in, you know, giant town. That means everybody's out on notice. Um, you've got to, you got to play. You got to show a little bit. If you're one of these guys still looking for, you know, a long-term roster spot. And there's a lot of these guys that are, but I think the Cowboys will be able to do just as well. So I I'm comfortable starting Alfred Morris and Des Bryant. And then outside of that, I, I don't think I'm going to go back to the well with Dak here. Um, he, he was great at the beginning of the season with Zeke, but now it's starting to look a little bit, you know, harder. The game's looking tougher and his fantasy scores just haven't been there with Morris at the helm. And, you know, that one game was successful by sort of sticking to the, the, uh, single back formation, running Morris out, out of that and not running sort of the shotgun reads that they were running a little bit here early once Zeke was, uh, ruled suspended. So now, you know, they changed up the offense a little bit to play to Morris's strengths and it worked. So I expect more of that. And that limits Dak Prescott's upside for me. I mean, the last three times these guys played, it's been 19, 13 or 19 to three Cowboys, uh, 10, seven giants, 19 to 20 giants, uh, they've been very tight, close games with low scores, and that just limits a lot of the fantasy appeal. And this is going to be another game with a potential chance of snow. You know, it's also in New York, in the Meadowlands, in New Jersey, whatever you want to call it, MetLife Stadium, whatever it's now. So that those are all concerns for me for the upside of this game. Uh, but I think Dez is a wide receiver, too, and Morris is a running back, too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, we'll move over to the Giants' side of the ball. Obviously, huge shakeups. Uh, coach and GM are fired. Uh, looks like if they could have it back, they wouldn't have played Geno Smith over an Eli uh, Manning last week in hindsight. Now Eli's back in the mix. Uh, what's Spagano? What's his name? Uh, is now the interim head coach for Nola Spagano. Are you are you uh combining Spagano and Spagnola into uh, a ball of crap? Yes, I did. I went over to La Scarola earlier today and I ate a bunch of shit and I did I'm, I'm screwing up all the names. Um, so he's back in now, Eli's playing. What's what's going to happen in this one? Um, talk Giants. Talk Giants, I think it really comes down to two players. It comes down to Evan Ingram, who I think you're playing against the Cowboys and their you know, linebacking core who hasn't proven to be coverage able. Uh, and then you're looking at the other guys, you know, Orleans Darqua. Uh, if he's healthy, he's sitting out today with an illness. We're going to have to see if he's back. Uh, but he's had some success uh, 
recently, but his upside on an offense such as this is just not much. We're talking about a, a sloppy game potentially, and I don't want anything to do with the guy who's going to play 25 to 30 snaps, even if he isn't going to touch it for a majority of the time. Uh, so outside of Evan Ingram, I don't think I'm going to play anybody against um, basically against the Cowboys, even though they're not good. What about Sterling Shepard? Um, some of the stuff that I've been reading is uh, is he in or is he out? Ah. Okay, so if he's let's say he's in, uh, he's, it's a good matchup for him. Basically, you know, I think the the Cowboys are third worst against wide receiver on fantasy points, and then um, in the last three weeks, there, no team has allowed more touchdowns to receivers. So is, is Shepard if he's in? It, it sounds like it's a pretty good time for him. Yeah, Shepard, if he plays, I, I think I'd play him. Uh, and if you're absolutely desperate at quarterback, I guess you could do worse than Eli Manning. Or if you're trying to like pay down in DFS, I think he'll you know, be a slightly lower-owned option than other guys in his sort of pricing tier. Um, so I, I think you could play Shepard. I, I like his upside and you know his target share as the lone alpha male wide receiver left. Uh, it's worked out pretty well. It's just the question of can he stay healthy and sort of stay in the game. And it's been off and on as, as of late. And, you know, practice is missing every other day. Uh, you don't know how he's feeling. And he's missing and he's back. But, you know, that touchdown upside that he had last year when he scored eight touchdowns just hasn't been there. He's got just one touchdown on the season. And he, you know, Last week against Oakland in another great matchup, caught just half of his targets for 56 yards. Uh, wasn't great, wasn't awful. So I just don't know if he has like a, a DFS winner type week. But I think he's uh, in play for a wide receiver three plug-in if you're a little bit desperate or looking for a floor play. All right, let's go to the next game, and that's going to be Lions at the Buccaneers. We'll start with the Lions side of the ball. Um, what are you? What are you? What are you feeling? You know what? Hold on. Actually, we're not there yet. So good. We're we're, we're doing well. Um, give me uh, give me your thoughts on Lions. Uh, which position? Running backs obviously kind of in shambles, and you can still pick up uh, their starting running back um, in a lot of leagues. In um, uh, I'm spacing his name right now. He's so worthless to me. Uh, What's what's the guy from Notre Dame? Sorry. Theo Riddick? Riddick. Yeah, Riddick's available in a lot of leagues that I'm in. And I was like, eh, I'll take Peyton Barber. Yeah. Uh, um, so Theo Riddick, he all had a pretty good game last week. Uh, it, it all depends on, you know, Amir Abdullah's health status. Is, is he ever going to get back? Uh, it was sort of a late-week injury that sort of arose, and – Sort of, he was sort of a surprise and active as well. So, uh, we'll see if he's going to get back because if he gets back, then it's up in shambles again. Um, but there's also been rumors that he was, you know, potentially on the way to the bench, um, before even before his injury. Um, so you know, it, it, it's another toss up of a backfield that's probably going to play a little bit by committee. And we know Theo Riddick's role. 
Um, and now they're just trying to see what they have in this guy, Tion Green, who's another explosive athlete, uh, sort of in Amir Abdullah's mold, but it's interesting. I just don't think if they're going to, I don't think there's anything locked in for any of these guys. It, it makes it tough to play. They're like dark throws at best. Um, there's nothing I like about it. I got nothing. Like, Tian Green's a guy. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. Hopefully T.I.'s, uh, T.I. on the Lions' is, uh, wife, or maybe ex-wife now, excuse me, is a little cuter than T.I., the Atlanta Raptors' wife. <laughs> Yeah, I. Sorry, I, I hate everything about this run game. I I hate it all. Like, go to the wide receivers. That's probably all all, all we're gonna like or talk about in this one because I think at this point, unless you say differently, Stafford's. I mean, with your hope, with if you've already if you're if you already made the playoffs, it's hard to think that maybe Stafford was the guy that got you there. And if you're trying to make in the playoffs, uh, Stafford doesn't seem like the guy you want to lay uh, lay your hopes on. I've got no problem playing Stafford against Tampa Bay. They're awful. It all depends on his health status because, you know, on the season, Stafford was a top 12 quarterback, uh, and he just put up numbers, 22 touchdowns to seven uh, interceptions. The passing yards were a little bit down. Uh, But this guy is a guy who's going to get you two touchdowns, you know, maybe a pick here and there, and just provides steady production without – huge upside this season he has you know outside of week one he hasn't had a game with more than 22 and a half fantasy points so he's been the guy giving you 18 to 22 on a weekly basis rather than having his massive blow-up games and then duds to go along with it so the consistency is there if you're looking for a floor play and you get a tampa bay defense that is atrocious so i've got no problem playing stafford at all um you look at Tampa Bay against the quarterback, you know, they were 12th against the quarterback, but they are the worst team at allowing fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. That is the strength uh, of the Detroit Lions. If Stafford's back and healthy, I love the trio of wide receivers even. Uh, I, I think Galladay is going to get in the mix, and his touchdown upside is big. Uh, you know, he's got a size matchup on the outside that nobody on that you know, cornerback secondary can contend with. And then the rest of the guys, you know, Golden Tate's going to get his underneath. Marvin Jones looks locked in as a wide receiver too, and maybe even has more upside if, you know, Galladay plays a lesser role in the target department. So I'm fine playing with all of those receivers if uh, Matthew Stafford is active. If not, that's where it becomes tough. I don't know. I think their flex plays it best for all of them, and I'd probably fade off Galladay. Agreed. All right. Uh, let's. You want to go to the other side of the ball and uh, talk about some some Buccaneers? I mean, for the Buccaneers, it looks about the same. Peyton Barber, you know, had a great game last week, scored two touchdowns the week before that. Looks like he could establish himself, looks dynamic. Uh, this is a guy that I've liked for a while. But, you know, news is coming out today that, if healthy, Doug Martin's our starter. Like, uh, great. He hasn't been a guy to put up 100-yard games, to carry an offense. He's just not doing it. And 
they keep going back to him, and it, it, it's sort of confusing. So I'm not buying into that, to be honest. I truly am not. I feel like even if Martin passes the protocol and is fine, I, I don't care what they say. I, I'm, I'm feeling like Barber, maybe it's a hunch, but I think he's proved that it, he needs to get these carries. Um, will Martin, eat if he plays, eat into it a little bit? But I, I just think that, uh, again, remember remember two weeks ago we thought that, or, yeah, two weeks ago we thought Jacquez was going to be the workhorse. Um, I've never thought that in my life. <laughs> for that game, for the missing game, we kind of, it was, it was, people did think that out there. If you did bring in who should I start on fantasy pros, Jacquez or, uh, or Barber, it was much closer than you would have thought. So I don't know. I think Martin's kind of done. I'm not. I, I'm not. Even if he comes back, I'm not that worried about him for Barber. Um, just because what we've seen with that explosiveness and what he's done the last, uh, you know, couple weeks. He this week he, he knocked it out with 100 and 100 yards. The week before he had two touchdowns. I think to expect um, either end of that spectrum is is, is lofty. But to think that he's all of a sudden the, the muscle hamster, the dugout, whatever he wants to be called, is going to come back and they're going to be like, yeah, you're the great, you're the face of the franchise. I don't buy that. Yeah, I, I, the thing is he's done it all with volume as Peyton Barber. Like he, he hasn't made very many explosive plays. He's just grinding out carry after carry. Now if we take away some of the volume, then suddenly he's average and you can't play him. Like – I asked, I asked you this on uh, on our text today earlier. This is just the kind of thing that maybe someone else is up against. Uh, running back Alex Collins, Peyton Barber. You got to you got to choose between one of those guys as your RB two, and you've got a good enough tight end and wide receiver situation that neither of them are going to make the uh, flex play. Which one? If you're got if you're sitting there trying to make the playoffs, which one out of those two are you playing? Alex Collins, if Doug Martin is in, if Doug Martin is out, then you play uh Peyton Barber. All right. I like it. Um uh, let's go to the wide receivers and then um if you want to talk about Jamison, the rookie tight end, uh sounds good. Didn't they didn't what's the name go to the IR? What was I reading about Bray? I must have missed that. I, I, I read something about well, Brady. You read up on it, no. Okay, you do your yeah. thing. Uh, you know, at wide receiver, I think against the Detroit Lions, you're going to probably start everybody. This defense, you know, has one playmaker on the back end in Darius Slay. They can't get pressure right now, uh, which is good for Jameis. So I think Jameis is a, you know, back end QB1 streamer type. He could be available in some of your leagues, you know, with the injuries he's suffered this season. So I think Mike Evans is in play. Deshaun Jackson, I'm liking him uh, as that wide receiver, too, who should have the pristine matchup. But we still haven't seen that blow-up game, and that makes trusting him uh, the same as, like, trusting T.Y. Hilton in, in snow. But at least you know the weather in Tampa Bay won't be as bad It. It, they're supposed to have a little bit of a chill down there as well, but we're still talking 60 degrees for Tampa. Um, so I like everything about that. Um, you know, you know, Doug Martin, Charles Sims, Jaquiz Rogers, Peyton Barber. It's all going to come down to Doug Martin if he's in. And then 
know, what'd you find out about? No, he's not out. I'm sorry. I was thinking of some somebody else, and uh, he got dropped in a couple of my leagues. So I kind of, um, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, with with, with, Cameron, with Cameron Bright, you play him because with Jameis Winston at quarterback, he's averaging over 13 fantasy points a game. Without him, he you know with him he's a top five tight end. Without him, he's like tight end 90. Um, so Jameis and Bray just have a connection. They find each other in the red zone and score fantasy points. So Bray can be played, and that puts O.J. Howard far out of consideration for me. Yeah, Bray might be one of the best red zone players um, that we've seen in a long time. He's a touchdown-catching red zone target machine. Outside of that, you whatever, but that score is a lot, especially in standard um, can I say something? I'm just sitting here in a, in a browser and sometimes my notifications come up and I've brought this up in a previous show when it happened, I believe, uh, this one guy that I'm buddies with on Facebook, not a great friend, but an okay friend. He always tags me on his posts on Facebook and there's no way I'm the Derek that he wants to talk tag on this shit. I'm sitting here and I just got this long diatribe. Hey, Derek. I'm like, do I respond to this guy and say, hey, buddy, wrong Derek? Um, or do <laughs> I just keep on to think that every time he does this, Derek doesn't respond? And he, then when he sees that Derek, I'd be like, dude, I gave you a heartfelt message. Why didn't you respond to me? <laughs> what do I do? You just uh, make sure it's not you. That's I'm trying. I got. No, I don't have an option here. Okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to send him um, August Ames uh, videos. Rest in peace, baby. You were gorgeous. Okay, that makes sense. Um, So let's move on to the next game. But before we do that, let's take a listen to this. We've got the Oakland Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. We've got 6-6 versus 6-6 and and chicks with dicks and shit like this. this looks like another tough division game. Uh, you know, each team's a little bit banged up right now, uh, especially Oakland. When you look at their wide receiver position, they could be without Amari Cooper. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs made the choice to suspend Marcus Peters uh, for this game, so they're not going to have basically anything in the back end that you should worry about. And if Cooper's going to play, I think you play him as a dart throw wide receiver three. I think you can play tr- Crabtree as, you know, a high-end wide receiver two with with a lot of confidence. Uh, Jared Cook has shat the bed in three of the best matchups of the season, man. Like Jared Cook, the last three weeks, has, uh, you know, played New England, you know, five targets, two catches for 36 yards. Uh played Denver five catches or five targets, one catch for one yard and played the giants uh, five targets, one reception, nine yards. And he was missing his wide receivers in some of those games. And it was just lined up so perfectly. And that just proves that you can't count on Jared cook. And now that you know that you can't count on Jared cook, you're probably not going to play him. So we'll probably have a good game here against the chiefs, but how can you play him after those three performance against three of the worst teams at defending the tight end position in the league. Yeah, it's he's been one. 
let's let's be honest, Stag Party. We've been doing this show since 2011, I believe, hardcore. You've been doing it with us pretty hardcore for since 12 or 13. Whenever we've ever had a moment where Jared Cook has risen and looked great and we started talking about him, what has happened, um, no matter what situation he is, and he's always had some – he has been in good situation with good quarterbacks. It's always been downhill from there. This is not a consistent player. It's not a guy you can ever really uh, put hang your hat on. Yep. So let's just move on. Uh, Derek Carr, you know, he really struggles in Kansas City at Harrowhead Stadium. I think his high game is like 250 yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, and, and he averages, you know, something like – 1.5 passing touchdowns, one interception, and 230 passing yards against the Chiefs at Arrowhead. So I don't really want to play him, but with nobody on the back end, and this being a big division game, um, because basically the winner, along with the Chargers, has a big chance to take a step forward in the division race uh, once we thought the Chiefs were going to run away with it you know, at 5-0. and uh, Now things look a little bit different. Chiefs, though, exploded last week. Alex Smith got a swagger back. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill got involved in the game plan. They let Matt Nagy call plays, and he just looked to pick on weaknesses. Um, so that leads me to believe that Tyreek Hill, uh, sort of like Brandon Cooks a couple weeks ago, will be sent on a lot of deep routes. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, going up against these linebackers should be able to have a nice day. Besides that, it's the the talk's really going to come down to Kareem Hunt because I think you know you're starting Hill, I think you know you're starting Kelsey, and I think you probably know that you should be starting Alex Smith uh, against the Raiders because we like his pass catchers. Can you start Kareem Hunt? And, well, and it's it's a major fall off. That amazing stat in my oldest league, and this is a big big scoring league. So huge bonuses for touchdowns, for hitting yards, and we make it so you don't really score until you hit, you know, I don't think you even score a point for a running back until you have 50 yards receiving or 75 yards catching. But one, after that, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bukkake fest. Um, Kareem Hunt in this league in the first three games had 119 points. In the next, in the nine games since, and obviously that doesn't include the bye, uh, in the nine games played, he's had 61 points. Think about that. Three weeks into the season, 119 points. Nine games played later, 61. This is a guy who's not playing well. Even in the game where, like you said, Alex Smith in this league, Against me, he scored 47 points last weekend. Um, thank God I was able to still win. But this is – Kareem Hunt is – it's a tale of – it's not even a tale of two halves. It's a tale of three quarters – or no, three thirds. And he's only been good in one of them. Yeah. Yep. Um, You're playing him. But I, I don't know if you are. Like – you talk about guys like Alfred Morris and Peyton Barber with no, um, you know, Doug Martin. 
these are guys I'd probably all still want to play more. Uh, going up against the Raiders, the Raiders are not a stout run game at all, but on the season they're allowing 4.1 yards per carry, but over the last five weeks that's just 3.63, and over the last three weeks that's just 3.17. So they've stiffened up against the run a little bit, uh, played tougher there, and it's made it harder for them. You know, it's made opponents pass on them, and I think the Chiefs will be able to pass. Uh, so I have no concerns there. Um, is he going to be a major, major factor in the passing game? Uh, we haven't seen that. He, you know, he continues to catch, you know, two or three passes, but it, it's just not major contributions. They are giving him chances, but the red zone opportunities just haven't been there for this team pretty much all season long. They've been scoring from out, or they haven't, or they've been kicking field goals. Totally. Um, all right, quickly. So I, I love that. We'll move on to the next game, but before we do so, um, you got the uh, Amari Cooper, as you mentioned, uh, banged up, didn't practice. He actually walked off the field today uh, before the team stretch. You, on the flip side, you've got Crabtree coming back after his one game suspension. Uh, we can't. I know we talked about the Raiders, but. Is is the whole situation in trouble? I mean, uh, I talked about those guys already. I, I, okay, you talk. I, I I didn't hear any. You talk about Lynch. Lynch's look great. I know. Uh, he had his best. He had his best game of the year. I I just didn't remember. I, I didn't hear uh, Crabtree or Lynch. Sorry. I heard. I talked Crabtree and Cooper, but no Lynch. Lynch looks locked in as a you know top. And RB2. I think I'd start Lynch over a guy like Kareem Hunt right now. Uh, they seem to be willing. Hey, like now's the time they know they really got to grind out games. Uh, so now's what they paid Lynch for, and they're willing to ride him a little bit more than they were early in the season. And it's paying off big. And the touchdown opportunities for Lynch have been there over the last three to four weeks of the season. Uh, and, and that's been a major factor in his fantasy game. I mean, he's up to what uh, running back seventeen on the season, despite missing a game, and he has scored uh, four touchdowns in the last four games and had at least fifty-seven yards in each. Uh, and his low game over that span has just been seven point seven points in standard. And they're also using him a little bit more in the receiving game, where he has uh, nine targets over the last four weeks. This team is probably not going to make the playoffs. I think ownership's like, hey, let's not piss off uh, Beast Mode's McSkittle, uh, Fugly McSkittles um, quite yet because we need him around next year uh, to still fill some seats because um, we're not going to be going to Vegas quite yet. If the Raiders win this, you know, they're basically they're going to control a lot of their own destiny. They'll be in the lead in the division probably with the Chargers. Uh, should they beat the Redskins? Don't you like the Chargers' chances on, on just momentum more than them? Hey, that's well, I like the Chargers there. more all season, so yeah. But Cool. Let's move on to the next game, um, and that's going to be the 49ers uh, are going to be down in uh, Houston playing the Texans. Stag party. Do, do a little uh, 49er uh, love here. I'll be right back. I'm good. Uh I mean, it's, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo threw for the San Francisco 49er 
uh, you know, career high in their first start, uh, threw for 296 passing yards, looked good. Uh, you know, didn't look great, didn't look awful, but he looks like he's got it and that this offense is good for him. You know, moving the pocket and then moving him around and his accurate throws added a dimension. Uh, and they've got just enough weapons. We saw, you know, Marquise Goodwin show up for them uh, last week. Uh, Carlos Hyde has been a, a little bit slow as of late um, and, and was slow last week, but now gets a Houston team that's, you know, awful on the back end, but pretty good. Uh, against opposing running backs in the run game. Uh, Houston has allowed just 3.89 yards on the season, but 4.67 yards per carry allowed over the last five weeks and 4.95 over the last three weeks. So they're trending in the wrong direction. Hyde has been playing well. Uh, they've been giving him you know, 16, 17, 16 carries uh, over the last three weeks of his games. So the volume's been there. The targets have been there. Um, so I, I think you play Hyde, especially in PPR leagues, is a high-end RB2, you know, low-end RB1. Um, Garoppolo has a great matchup this time going up against Houston. Uh, the question is, are, are you willing to throw out Garoppolo with these weapons? Uh, I don't know that I am. That puts him more in a back-end you know, QB two range for me. I just don't know if I could trust him at this point in the season. Um, but there is upside in guys like Robbie Gold and, and Marquise Goodwin, who's a you know cheap player getting a bunch of targets, uh, and potentially, and a guy like George Kittle, who they may want to get more involved. You know, here down the stretch with maybe a guy who could be his future quarterback. So I, I like all the pieces. I just don't know if I like Garoppolo and, you know, the pieces beyond Goodwin are probably out for me. Cool. Let's move over to the other side. Texans. Um, and let's, I think we can kind of cruise through this matchup um, for no reason other than so we can kind of motor through this a little bit faster. So you and I can check out that second half of the game. Um, back to that oldest league that I mentioned some of the stuff with uh, Kareem Hunt, and I won't – I'm just – this is kind of just on the season kind of eye-popping, oh, my God, stats. And something to think about, about just the potential for next year with Deshaun Watson. That guy had 247 points in that league I'm talking about, that old high-scoring league, in six games and one half. Pretty, pretty, pretty that was good. pretty much on par, on pace, even with missing that first half uh, to Rex. I, I, I think, and, and obviously he wouldn't have kept that pace going up, you don't think, but what he was doing there was on pace for the best fantasy season, any player, any position ever. In your league? I, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, yeah, not standard, but... He was on pace in a standard lead to have the seventh best quarterback season of all time. There you go. So, I mean, the best ever in my league for sure, but in any league, these were just such destruct. I mean, the worst game he had after his, the first game that he came in um, at the half was, I mean, his first 30 start. Point, over 30 points. Yeah. 
Well, now you're stuck with Tom Savage, who sort of looks like Nick Cube. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. So you talk about the rest of this way, and we'll we'll cruise through this and get to the next game. I mean, Lamar Miller. I think you're starting Lamar Miller. Uh, he's receiving 85 percent uh, of the snaps. You know, without Dante Foreman there, there's no guy to threaten him for red zone carries or a vast majority of his carries. So. I think you're rolling Lamar Miller. You know you're starting DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Will Fuller should be back this week. I don't, I don't think that's a route to go, um, but it does limit the upside of another guy, Steven Anderson, who will be taking over at tight end, who had a big leak last week, catching five of his 12 targets for 79 yards and a touchdown. Um we thought he was going to be in line for a huge target share, potentially behind DeAndre Hopkins, and still could, you know, with Will Fuller, you know, in tow. But if it was without Will Fuller, that would have meant they were without Will Fuller. They were without uh, C.J. Fedorowicz, who they put on IR. They were without Bruce Ellington, who they put on IR. Uh, and the team was planning to use a guy like Andre Ellington in the slot. So... Uh, things were, you know, shaping up very good for Steven Anderson. If Will Fuller plays like is expected, that's going to cap his upside, but I do think it still puts him in play as a back-end tight end one range. Uh, but that's a guy with a wide range of, you know, outcomes. He could be great, or he could put up a Jared Cook-like thud. Um, so it depends on your level of risk. Uh, and if you're in the playoffs or not, that's where it depends. But uh, Hopkins is in, you know, Lamar Miller's in, Anderson back end, uh, Wolf Fuller's probably out, Andre Ellington's out, and I'm out. I like it. Should we, uh, before we get to the next matchup, we're going to do a liggity listen to this. All right, we got the Packers at the Browns. And, um, you know, I'll just start by saying Aaron Rodgers practicing, looking like himself. Obviously, that doesn't help you out for week 14. But um, can I just say as a caveat, is, is he going to – would he play next week? Uh, I'm not sure. Next week – uh, still might be a week too early. I haven't looked at his return date um, eligibility. Um, I think if they can pull out a win here, you know, get to you know, seven and six, and he's able to return, then yeah, uh, I think he's got a real good chance because I think they do still have an outside shot at the playoffs, uh, depending on what happens here with the Falcons. Who you know stand at seven and five? If they were to suffer a loss, uh, you know Carolina. You know I think it's going to depend on a lot what happens around the league and if they think they could just you know put them on a stretch. But if they're sort of out of the playoff mix, they're going to play it safe and keep them on the shelf. What reason they have for getting them back out there, giving them another chance to suffer major injury? But I love that he was he was basically uh, playing. The scout quarterback, uh, so he's basically the Browns quarterback practice today. That him, makes sense. him throwing with his opposite hand uh, probably might be better than uh, the Browns quarterback. But one thing I want to do is I want to point to um, your piece 
uh, one of your many pieces, but top positional weeks uh, that I posted this afternoon on pyromaniac.com. And I was really surprised. And whenever I post it, I kind of go through the, I go through the line and I look at it from my own sake, but just so that I'm a, a little smarter than I actually sound on these podcasts, regardless. I try somewhat. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser was a top positional week guy 45% of the weeks, which is hard to believe for me. So that means out of the 11 weeks that he was the starting quarterback for the Browns this week, he was a top 12 guy five times. That's more than Tyrod Taylor, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, uh, Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, Manning. That's more than Matt Ryan. These are – that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it, it's basically all with his legs, though. So Deshaun Kaiser, those points are points. Yeah, well, for some leagues it matters more than others, right? Uh, know your league, know your scoring, because if you're in a six-point passing touchdown league and six-point rushing touchdown league, uh, things are much different. Let's look at let's look at some Deshaun Kaiser stats. He has six touchdown passes to fifteen interceptions, and 308 yards on 59 rushes for and five touchdowns. So when we do, you know, the touchdown dependency, a lot of it's going to be on this guy's legs. Uh, but his legs are there on a weekly basis. Uh, you look at his numbers. He's started basically every game. He's been a true starter. Uh, he's had five carries in every single game. Um and that just puts him in one of those high rushing categories. Um, but, you know, if you could add a little bit more with his arm, then you could see more um, and potentially see the chances because he has, what, five or six games this season with under a 50% completion percentage, and his high game on the season was week one with 66.7%. And after that, has not completed more than sixty percent of his passes in a single game. This this is a guy who's just not there as a passer. So the volatility on a weekly basis, it's like, okay, please rush for a touchdown, please rush for a touchdown, or else you're not going to see anything. Um, well, but you're feeling he, better. I'm, I'm with you, but you're feeling better. One of the weeks that actually that's not true. Uh, last week wasn't one of the weeks that he was. Uh, top uh, 12. So, but you're feeling a little better with, I, I'll just shut up. I was just pointing something out that I was surprised out of all. No, it is surprising. Above, I was like, he's got more than fucking Drew Brees, top it, 12s. It, it is surprising. You just got to realize this guy is the most, you know, wide range of outcomes at the quarterback position that there is. Like his low game was. Uh, we're not telling you to start this guy. No, if you're starting I mean, to Kaiser, then you're fucked. But I was just, it was just one DFS of those good. And DFS, you know, crazier shit has happened, especially against this Packers pass defense. But uh, let's start with the Packers, even though we. Packers thing, I'm out. <laughs> we rambled out about Deshaun Kaiser's fantasy scoring. Uh, you know, looking at, you know, uh, Brett Hundley and what he's been able to do. And he's been a guy who's looked up and down and up and down uh, over the past couple weeks. He now gets the Browns who 
as a pass defense are just allowing yards and touchdowns and anything you want to get out of there you could probably get. They're still tougher against opposing running backs. Uh, you know, on the season, the Browns are allowing just 3.37 yards to opposing running backs. But those numbers are a little bit higher over the last couple weeks. Um, but Brett Hundley, you know, has done some good things, has done some bad things, is completing some passes, uh, but is also being effective with his legs. You know, you look last week uh, against Tampa Bay, he rushed seven times for 66 yards, uh, like despite having an awful passing game against, you know, a bad pass defense in Tampa Bay. Uh, but they also just ran the hell out of the ball. He had just 22 carries, uh, or 22 passing attempts the week before that, had 26 passing attempts the week before that, 36 passing attempts. So I, I think they're, the Packers' plan right now is probably just to ride Jamal Williams and you know Brett Hundley, his rushing ability, and then they're also going to sprinkle in Aaron Jones now that he's a little bit healthier and, and basically – you know, his one snap of the game, you know, scored a 20-yard touchdown to win it um, in overtime. So uh, I think they're going to stick to the run game. And when you look at who can you play with Brett Hundley at wide receiver, I don't think you can play Jordy Nelson like we've been saying for weeks. I don't think you can play Randall Cobb. I think the only guy you can play is Devontae Adams, and you can play him as a wide receiver too just because this man's been tearing it up just uh, since the start of the season. Uh, and with Aaron Rodgers, without him, he's been great. He did have his sort of worst game uh, over the last four games last week. But before that, he's, he had a 90-yard game with the touchdown. The week after that, he had eight catches for 126 yards, no touchdown. Then he had five for 82 and a touchdown. This guy's been money with Brett Hundley or uh, – you know, Aaron Rodgers or hell, even probably Brett Favre behind quarterback. Uh, Certainly the only Hundley proof a wide receiver that there is. And, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and Jordy is, is just shown to be nothing. He's basically Jordy Nelson at this point is um, over the last, over the last three weeks, not much better than like, um, I'm going to, this is probably going to try and drop him as much as possible, but uh, Jordan Matthews might have been better over those last weeks. Ooh, yeah, Jordan Matthews sucks dick. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's flip on over to the other side. Our, let's talk about the running backs a little bit more, though, um, because. Aaron Jones, how much is he going to be mixed in? Is he going to be that guy that's going to take over? What's the plan for these guys going forward? Uh, and, and that's a major, major question mark for fantasy owners. I know I've got both of these guys in some leagues, or I've got one or the other. So I'm pro- if I've got one or the other, I'm probably starting one of each. Um, and, and like a flex play, I think Jamal Williams has earned uh, a bigger share of carries uh, you know, he's been workmanlike. I, I haven't seen anything that amazing, but his fantasy numbers as the only guy have been awesome. Uh, there's nothing really to say about that. I don't think he's an amazing player. I think Aaron Jones is the much better player, much more dynamic. 
threat with the ball in his hands on a play-to-play basis. But, you know, having a guy who can grind out a game and carry it 20 times and, and be that ball buster is, is an asset. Um, and going forward, could this end up as like a three-way committee and just ruin all of us? Maybe I'm talking further down the line for Dynasty. Could it be Ty Montgomery as the third down back, change of pace type guy, Aaron Jones as the you know first, second down back, and then Jamal Williams as the short yardage goal line conversion back? And that's where it gets really murky, but might be best for the Packers as a team to have that dynamic triple threat and maybe keep them all healthy. Didn't, oh, Jesus. I feel like I'm, I, I live in two worlds. Montgomery's on IR. Yeah, okay. Montgomery, okay, there you go. So you're talking, sorry. Dynasty. I'm, I'm trying to manage some stuff. Okay. I, I thought, yeah, they put Montgomery on IR. So do you, do you think uh, Jones, God, who was friggin' so awesome, then gets oh, – he only missed two games. And now all of a sudden Jamal Williams, who won like Offense Player of the Week this year, is is taking his job. Is there any way that that's wrong? Because I do – I love an Aaron Jones. I was loving There is it. a way it's wrong. It could be a lot closer to a 50-50 split than if you look at last week numbers. Because if you look at the snaps last week, Aaron Jones played one or two and basically got one carry – for 20 yards and the game-winning touchdown. Would you play – remember the guys I mentioned earlier in the show? Would you play Aaron Jones on a, on a chance? I'm sorry. I just need to – I need – I've got this rookie league. I've got to have some points from there. Matt, that, the tight end, Ricky Jones or, or Aaron Jones? I'd probably play Aaron Jones over Mac. I think the upside is there. It's the Browns in another game where there could be, you know – Chances of snow and in the 30s. All right. I like to hear that. That's what I need to fucking hear. All right. Let's go. Let's go over to the Browns. Do it quickly. The only thing I'm going to say, uh, I got nothing to say about the Browns. We, I've been a Gordon guy. Gordon. <laughs> I've been a Gordon guy. I've told you, I've said that I drafted him in all my leagues. I've been saying, this guy's come back. He's going to get accepted. Already, Gordon, after one week, he's got a more fantasy points than. A number of guys that were drafted uh, this year. Willie uh, Sneed. Yeah. Willie um, Sneed. There's guys, there's, there's plenty, not plenty, but there's enough where Josh Gordon is now, hopefully this guy doesn't want to go back to the pipe, but he's so good. He's just, he's just a sick guy. And remember the last week he was playing against Casey Hayward. So uh, whatever he does this week against the Packers ain't gonna, is going to be a, an easier target. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think if you own Josh Gordon, you're playing him, no matter about the inaccuracy of Kaiser. That guy was open pretty much every route he ran. He looked great. Um, well, my thing was I never thought he was coming back, and I never thought the Browns would take him back. But that franchise is so fucking dysfunctional that nothing matters anymore. You go out and you fire yeah, your favorite player on the team right now is Josh Gordon. You go out and you hire, you know, you fire your uh, VP of football operations, uh, Sashi Brown, on a Thursday. Nobody gets fired on a Thursday in the NFL because it's fucking dumb. Uh, um, 
And then, you know, then Hugh Jackson just goes out on a spew about how there's all these holes in the, uh, in the organization and how they have so many sources. And it's like, okay, you're the one literally making a statement right now to someone. And then you're saying this shit about people like, okay. Call, uh, I'll say that. I'll say one thing. The owner, uh, Haslam or whatever <laughs> is given, um, is given Hugh Jackson's the coach next year. He said that if that stays true or not over the course between now and start next year, who knows? But he said that they obviously, uh, you know, they got rid of, uh, the fella, but look at the drafts that this guy has done in the two years he's been there. Killer. Killer. This is the they had the best draft in the NFL this year. Best. I don't care what's going on. It doesn't seem like it it, it honestly you look at it and there's so many long term NFL players on the Browns, it's shocking. For the Browns, it, this is and, and to get rid of them. Hey, you're going to do what you want to do, but it, 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 it's very Bears esque. Where think about it, we're going to fire Fox, and what coach that really is a coach with some some moxie and some gumption and going to be able to do some good things for the Bears will want to come here because of the franchise, and it's the same thing with the Browns. Well. I think the wrong, wrong people got fired, and now they're just going to hire those, you know, great football guys to run the off the front office, and they're going to get all the credit. In the words of Evan Silva, like, "Hey, let's just hire these football guys to take all the credit, and then we'll look smart for once." But uh, yeah, is, it just Tom doesn't. Brady, it's uh, not Tom Brady. I'm sorry, but is Peyton Manning? Uh, the, you know, there was buzz a few weeks ago when he bought a house in Cleveland. Is Peyton Manning the guy that's going to be running this franchise? See the next uh, John Elway, and not that John Elway is doing great now, but he he had he had a good run in uh, previous years. Um, I don't fucking know. It, do you think I think Peyton likes fucking Papa John's too much and doesn't want to you know be a football guy right the second? I would just enjoy the fucking high life of kicking my feet up, but you I don't know. know why these people don't do that. I agree. I would literally just go to the red light district, like Peyton Man. I'd have my own little booth myself. Like, I'm <laughs> you Peyton come Man. here, chicks. Oh, there's a bunch of dudes lined up around. Chicks, line up. I'm gonna bang all you. Yeah. Uh huh. Finishing up on the Browns, like uh, we talked about Kaiser. I don't think you're playing him. Corey Coleman's a- another receiver you could probably play as a dart throw type flex, but. You know, Josh Brown, Josh Gordon, I think he could play as a wide receiver, too, with, you know, some pretty, pretty good aspirations for maybe more. And, and I think it's probably a pretty safe play um, at this point. And Joku's been a guy who's really been showing up over the last couple weeks. Um, this guy was super young entering the league. But now you can start to see him just impose his physical dominance on a play-to-play basis. Um his numbers over the last three weeks are really starting to look good. So I, I think he's a guy you could play as one of those dart throw type tight ends. Um, and then I'm probably off the running backs, but if you're desperate between Crowell or, um, you know, Duke Johnson, I don't know who the better play is. Yeah. 
I agree. Let's move on to the next game, um, and that's going to be the Bears at the Bengals. Start with the Bears. I mean, I don't know what to say. You, you, do your thing, Stag Party. Let's, um, I, I guess, start Jordan Howard. <laughs> like, and feeling good about that right now is, isn't the greatest feeling. Um, you know, the volume's been there, but, you know, the line's beat up now. Um, over the last three weeks, Howard uh, has seen thirty-five, just 35 carries for 169 yards and a touchdown. Um, and without the 20 to 25 sort of carries he was getting at the midpoint of the season, um, over the, since week 10, he's been 15, 15, uh, 7, and 13. You know, those numbers have really fallen off because he's a volume player. He needs volume to play well. Um, he's averaging just 4.2 yards per carry this season. Uh, you know, and the volume that we thought was going to be there to save his season, the 300 carry type of volume just hasn't uh, epitomizes. Uh, and he's one of the worst wide, re- our worst receiving backs in the league, with just uh, 86 yards on 25 targets, which is anemic. So that's not there to save you. Uh, and touchdowns, you know, this just isn't a very good team at moving the football. So he's not scoring very many of those. Um, so they've been using Tariq Cohen in you know, a multitude of ways. They've been playing him a little bit at receiver. They've been motioning him out of the backfield. They've been uh, you know, using him on kick and punt returns. They've been using him to throw passes. They've been using him for everything, and that's limiting his upside a little bit. So I think you could start Howard as an RB2, but going up against the Bengals' you know, rush defense, uh, it, it's not one of the easiest things in the league. Uh, despite, you know, allowing tw- the, I guess it's the 12th most fantasy points to opposing running backs, but, you know, they allow 3.78 yards per carry. Uh, so if Howard's going to get, you know, four yards a carry, maybe, um, so he needs 20 or so carries in a red zone opportunity to have a big fantasy day. I just don't know if that's going to be there. And you look at the bears, they've been blown out on the road this season. They played tough at home, but whenever they go on the road, it's just been, you know, pure, utter annihilation. Yep. Uh, can we move over to the Bengals? Or you want you got anything else for the Bears? Yeah, I don't think you're starting Mitch Trubisky. I don't think you're starting a guy like Dontrell Inman, except in the deepest of deepest of formats. Uh, tight end, same boat, and no one else. Like, you know, you're debating about Howard and, you know, maybe Cohen in a deep RB spot. Uh, maybe in, Inman in the deepest, but... Yeah, let's talk about the Bengals because I think you pretty much play. Can I do one thing? Can I do one thing? Knowing that you're kind of a you're a football guy and and uh, have the brains and and the wherewithal and the know how to be a front office type of guy. Uh, Fox gone. Who do you want as your, as the coach of the Bears? Anybody? Don't think about the cheapness of the McCaskies. Who's the best coach that we could hire right now? Whether would that would say yes, and the best that would be pie in the sky. I mean, I, I think you'd probably go for a Josh McDaniels type 
uh, as the pie in the sky type. But then maybe you go to a, a guy like a Matt Nagy in Kansas City who started the call plays, has worked under Andy Reid for a few years, um, you know, has sort of a pedigree of working with quarterbacks. And we saw how Doug Peterson has worked with the young quarterback sort of in that same model. Um, you just need to get a guy who can work with your quarterback, uh, you know, be a one-on-one resource with him, but also knows how to delegate, you know, the other parts of the offense and defense away. Um, and maybe you try to find a guy who's comfortable keeping on a Vic Vangio to run your defense because he's one of the best defensive coaches in the league. And this defense has made strides this season, albeit, you know, sometimes faltering. Um, but I, I think he's got to be a quarterback guru or an offensive guru who could just put your guy in good spots, build his confidence, and then go from there. Because if that guy doesn't succeed, it doesn't matter for the rest of your team. You can't win without one of those type of quarterbacks. Great point. All right, let's go to the Bengals. Um, do, do your thing, but thank God. Uh, AJ Green oh, on Monday night. I love you. My first round pick over a lot of guys that have been a better first would have been a better first round pick, obviously in hindsight, but came through when I needed them to uh, and did his thing to keep me alive in my big money league in the fantasy. And that's one of those leagues where uh, if I'd lost, I was out and AJ Green did his thing for me to come back. Uh, what did I say? About 17 points. Yeah. AJ. AJ. So. <laughs> um, AJ Green, I think you're locked in. I think you could probably stream Andy Dalton with a lot of confidence. We talk about how bad the Bears are when they go on the road. It is, you know, a tale of two teams. I mean, they've beaten Carolina and beaten Pittsburgh at home, but then when they've gone on the road, they've been, you know, beaten uh, like a drum and what lost just last week. Uh, to the 49ers. Um, I think if you want to start any Bengal, like if G- if Joe Mixon's in the game, I think you start him. If Gio Bernard is the starting running back, I think you start him pretty comfortably. If Joe Mixon's in, I don't think you play G- Gio because obviously he's healthy. But I think this is a game where you probably are going to see a lot of Gio Bernard. Um, and I think Joe Mixon is going to end up inactive. We've seen that concussion sort of lasting, you know, for a full week. And that game happened on Monday night where he was injured. So I don't think we're going to see Joe Mixon. So Gio, you know, at running back, um, I think you lock him into the lineup. And I also think you could lock in, you know, Tyler Croft. So if you want to play any of those guys, if you want to play the Bengals defense, go for it. Because none, none of it looks bad on paper against these Chicago Bears. Agreed. Uh, a lot of people talking and bummed out. We, we brought it up earlier with the uh, Gronk situation, uh, how he's suspended for one game. That's BS. Then they think it's white privilege. Not going to go into anything. But the A.J. Green, uh, Jalen Ramsey, the UFC moves he did and cost me a half of a game for sure. But um, he didn't get suspended there. So the only thing I'm going to say, not taking sides on anything, Obviously, I think Gronk had a, a real cheap shot going on, but 
let's not uh, let's not let's not go too overboard on on what is and what is not happening in the world because AJ Green is 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 one of the good boys and the league loves him and he got no suspension and some of the other stuff that's happened over the last couple of weeks has drawn suspensions. All I'm going to say. Um, Vikings at the Panthers. Vikings, are they one of the best defenses ever? I, 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 ever? Fuck no. Well, one of the, some of the things I've read are that this Vikings defense is a lot like the um, Denver defense from two years ago when they won the championship without it, with a shitty quarterback. Sorry, Peyton. Um, you look at some of those old stats. The 2000, um, 2000 Tampa Bay, uh, no, 2000 Ravens, their quarterback was shite. The uh, Tampa Bay in 2002, quarterback was shite. Our Bears 86, quarterback was shite. Um, I guess the quarter, the 1976 Steelers, uh, they had Bradshaw, not a shite quarterback, but debatable. And, I mean, to me, <laughs> he's a shite person, but he was a pretty good quarterback. Uh, Vikings, 10 and 2, right? Yeah. Everyone's saying that the defense, I mean, you look at it, the defense is pretty sick. Zimmer seems to have everything going on. Keenum's uh, second coming of the most underrated quarterback ever, proving people wrong. Go for it. I'll shut up. I rant. I, I mean,. I don't know how you look at this team and say they're one of the best defenses ever. Uh, I mean, 30 sacks. You look at Jacksonville, they've got 45. Uh, you look at fumble recoveries and you know interceptions and defensive touchdowns. Jacksonville's literally teabagging them. You look at points allowed. Uh you know, 204 for the Minnesota Vikings and 178 uh, for the Jaguars. 191 passing yards allowed by the Jaguars. 229 by the Vikings. Rush oh, yards. Oh, shot down. Shot down with the Blaze of Glory. I feel like. Um, like, they're not even the best defense in football this year. So, could could... could are they the type of defense that could carry a guy like Case Keenum to a championship? If you want to ask me that oh, question. There you, go. there you go. That might be a better one. That might be a better way to phrase it. That I'm is. Not one saying they were one of the best ever. Just what I've read and, you know. <laughs> like, they're getting teabagged by the Jacksonville Jaguars. When you look at that. But. Uh, picked up in most leagues in week three or four. Ugh. Not by me. No, I, I was drafting the Jaguars. That was a good target. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, but uh, looking at Minnesota, uh, they are a team that is just complete enough to carry a guy like Case Keenum. They've got you know dynamic players on special teams. They've got dynamic players, uh, you know, at running back in in the two Latavius. Murray and uh, Jarek McKinnon, and they've got a multitude of skill sets in those guys. They've got a red zone dominator uh, in in Kyle Rudolph. They've got all the pieces on offense and defense to be a Super Bowl team. 
their defense is one of those stingy ones uh, that will give up a little bit of yards, but they're strong uh, in the red zone. Uh, they don't let teams score all that often. And they can get after the quarterback uh, enough w- with Griffin and uh, Hunter and, and other guys they have across that line to be, you know, when, when it all comes down to it in the fourth quarter, to get pressure on the quarterback and make those type of plays and make errant throws on the quarterback. So they are good enough to carry a guy like Case Keenum, but also Case Keenum has done it enough on his own that he doesn't need to be carried. This guy is playing better than a game manager. Um, you know, he's distributing the football, uh, doing everything you want to want to see a guy like that do, getting it out of his hands quick, not taking sacks, you know, making the right checks at the line of scrimmage, um, and you know, taking care of the football in both the interception and fumble department. You know, running uh, enough when it's called upon because this is a guy that's a pretty good underrated athlete. Um, and he's just doing all the things you want to see him do, and I don't really see a reason why he can't also be a part of a team you know, that goes to a Super Bowl. Uh, is he going to be the main reason they got there? Absolutely not. But can he be an integral part in it? I think so. Cool. I love it. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, it feels like uh, the momentum's a little down on Thielen. Uh, as would normally happen. He was uh, just doing unbelievable things. Uh, and then let's also talk about uh, Diggs uh, and what, what owners for him can expect for this weekend and how excited you are for the prowess for both. Um, I, I like them both against uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think this is going to be a good game, but it's going to be one of those hard-fought games Um you know, Thielen finally had that streak of, you know, five receptions in a game snapped, uh, you know, with just four uh, for 51. But he's been awesome. I don't think you're sitting him. I think his floor is still so high. It's basically 10 points in a PPR league. Uh, and the upside is so much more. Um, we've seen that. Diggs is the guy who's sort of been, you know, down. Um, but against a team like uh, the Carolina Panthers, I I think that's a spot where you could take advantage. You know, speed on the outside is where they seem to struggle, uh, and Diggs has that. So um, he hasn't really had that breakout game here down the stretch. You know, over the last five weeks, uh, in his last four games, he's basically wide receiver 40 in standard leagues. Um, the targets just haven't been there, but there's going to be a deep shot that works out for him. And then when you play the type of over the top zone cover three that the Carolina Panthers tend to play, uh, that you can get beat deep if those corners aren't communicating. So I look for Diggs to be serviceable. Uh, I think you play him as a wide receiver three. I don't think he's locked into your lineup depending on other options like he had been earlier in the season, but uh, definitely in play for me. Rudolph, sort of the same thing. I, if I don't have to play Rudolph, I don't like playing tight ends against Carolina. Not, albeit they're not that tough, 
uh, when you look at fantasy points allowed um, to the position, but I don't tend to mess with Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis when I have, you know, opportunities. I mean, Carolina is allowing just the five, just 5.7 points uh, to the tight end position fourth most. And I, I always look at linebacker pure coverage when I'm looking at, you know, tight end versus a defense, even though they might not be the guys covering them all the time. Well, the one reference you just made is fantasy, fo- uh, fantasy football points allowed per game. And um, you can refer to pyromaniac.com's piece, weekly piece done by um, Stag Party himself, the uh, pyro uh, fantasy football power rankings. And in that piece, which I love, I, I honestly think this might be the one I use the most. Um, that we do is uh, fantasy football points scored. Uh, so we do that over the season for each position. Uh, in that piece, we also show um, through, obviously now the one we just posted yesterday was through week 13 stats, and that's fantasy football points allowed. And then the last part is the differential. So you can get a bird's eye view of uh, what the offense and the defense are doing for each NFL team. Awesome, awesome stuff. Well done, Stag Party. Quick question to go on to your digs, um, uh, you know, call, which I totally agree with everything you said. I looked at the rankings for Waz. Shout out to Waz. Our boy right now is still killing it in the fantasy pros accuracy. And I also looked at um, your personal uh, rankings. Um, haven't actually checked our pyro heat index rankings yet, but you had – Digs a little bit higher than a uh, Sammy Watkins. What do you think? Playoff hopes on the line. Um, I've had some luck with Sammy Watkins when experts didn't think so, and I think I've been on board with you. And we've talked uh, over the past couple uh, couple weeks. Uh, do I go Sammy or do I go Digs this weekend? This is really going to depends on. Like, I'm getting mixed reports on Robert Woods and whether he's going to be back uh, for this week. Uh, If he's back, uh, then I I think you could stick with Robert, or then you could stick with Sammy Watkins. But right now, uh, I'm hearing, you know, some rumblings that he could be back, he could be out. If he's Uh, not back, you like Watkins. Yeah, yeah, just by a hair. Just because, you know, we've seen the targets really flow his way um, over the last couple weeks. And everything else for Sammy Watkins over the last five weeks, you know, he's wide receiver 16. He has four touchdowns. Um, You know, looking at it, you know, anytime he gets targets, he's been great. But Arizona just had four targets, caught just three passes for 38 yards and a touchdown. Well, you know, Cooper Cup was sort of getting the targets. So that that's one worry. But when the guy is seeing targets, he's just been tearing it up. Um, but I, I think they're using him a little bit more to where he's going to be an impact player for them. I mean, there's nothing you dislike about him going up against the Eagles, you know, in their coverage. Because uh, they are a much better run. I thought about Sammy on that. I, I, I'm sorry, I brought it up more for the. Um, we'll, we'll get into Sammy, but that's what I wanted to hear. So, um, all right, I brought it up more for because it's, it's literally for me. It's Diggs or Sammy. Yeah. And the, like you said, 
days over the last four or five weeks, wide receiver 43. We know he started off hot as hell the first two, three weeks, got injured a little bit, and then what what happens happened. But Sammy Watkins, who was basically the least hot, worst pick in the world through the first ten weeks, or nine weeks maybe, other than one game, is now you look at this guy, and he's another guy that's still available in some leagues, crazy enough. Is it looks pretty good. So we'll get we'll get to the walk inside of it. I just want to throw that out there because this is going to be one of those ones where I just kind of have a feeling that play for me, the Diggs versus Watkins, is going to either catapult me into the playoffs or bite me in the ass and make me kick myself all off season. Yeah, we've all been there. We on a, on a weekly and seasonally basis, you know. Yep. Go to the Panthers. Uh, so the Panthers, I think you're playing Cam Newton uh, against the Vikings, unless you have a much better option, but I don't see very many. I think he's a top five to seven quarterback play. Uh, you know, he's been doing it so much with his legs as of late. The old Cam Newton is back. Don't worry about this other bullshit about them trying to change him. You know, he's a top five quarterback because of his legs. Um you know, last week, six for 51, uh, ended up with 20 points against the Saints, despite just throwing 27 passes. Um, I, I'm liking everything about Cam, even in a tough matchup, man. Like, when he's running the ball, he's good. And over the last, you know, four or five weeks, his floor has been that 15-point mark. Uh, and, and I think he's got that upside that, We've seen. I don't think he's got that upside this week. So I, I think he's a back end QB one play. There's not many guys I'd play over him. However, um, the Vikings have sort of shut down um, the you know Panthers last season. Um, they played back in September. The Panthers scored just ten points, but that was a much different Panthers team than it looks to be now. Uh, looking at you know Cam Newton's weapons, I, I don't think you can go out and play a guy like Greg Olson right now with your playoff hopes on the line with how they're managing him, even if he's back in the lineup. Uh, I don't think they're just going to throw him back uh, to the Wolves. But this is a team with playoff aspirations, so if they're going to hold him, um, you know you can see the reasoning for it. Uh, Devin Funches should be locked in running back. I think you're probably avoiding Jonathan Stewart. Uh, question is, can you play Christian McCaffrey? Who's, you know, improved as a runner over the last five weeks, but has also sort of regressed as a, you know, receiver a little bit in terms of fantasy points, not like regressed as a receiver, but the overall targets, uh, have sort of gone down a little bit as they've moved on from Devin Funches, but the floor is just there for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, since week nine, he's had at least 9.7 standard points in every game, double digit in PPR uh, in PPR. This guy's locked into your lineup. Um, and yeah, I think that about sums it up. Nice. Let's go before, but before we go to the next, uh, we'll go to the next matchup before we do so. Do us a favor and uh, let's keep the lights on.
we should we should do double ads today because we're both in separate places, so we have to keep two lights on. <laughs> nice. There you go. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. This is the uh, the, the, the later games, Sweetness. We've got five later games. Sadly enough, we don't have Houdini on the show to rejoice and be so fired up. Yeah, so many late games. <laughs> yeah, five of them. That is the record, I think, of all time. Of, uh, while we've been on the show. I don't think there's ever been more than that. Not going <laughs> to say there's never been that, but five games in the afternoon is awesome, especially with so many people. Uh, needing a lot of players in these second uh, games, uh, needing those needs to get into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, let's go. Redskins at the Chargers. Chargers Stadium is basically a little bit bigger than my apartment here. Um, what's going to happen there? Are the Redskins going to be able to uh, dance on these Chargers or the Chargers going to stay hot? Let's say on the Redskins side, all I'm going to say right now is, oh, that was for the Chargers side. You do your thing. Um, you know, looking at it, you know, Kirk Cousins over the last five weeks has still been a top five passer. Uh, but then looking back on it, you know, the last you know two or three weeks, he's you know been slowed down. Um, uh, and. You know, sort of plus matchups, and with just how good the Chargers are playing right now, I don't think I want to trot out Kirk Cousins. Uh, you know, suffice it to say, the Chargers are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Their defense is absolutely getting after it. Uh, on the season, they are allowing the third fewest fantasy points to opposing passers. Uh, they haven't allowed more than 17 and a half fantasy points. Um, since their week nine bye, uh, you, or I guess Tyrod Taylor did have 18.1. But, you know, look at the number of passers who've gone over 20 fantasy points against this team. And you can find just one, and that's Trevor Simeon in week one, scoring 22.7, and that's because he had a fluke rushing touchdown. So the upside is really you know, 17, maybe 18 fantasy points for a guy like Kirk Cousins. And you look at how they match up. They don't match up well uh, being beat up on the offensive line, potentially Trent Williams out of the lineup. And that just allows guys like Ingram and Bosa to feast. And and then your best player, you know, on the outside right now is probably Josh Dotson. You're going to lock him up with Casey Hayward. You know, the guy who really gets a bonus is probably Jamison Crowder. Um, you know, playing in the slot, you should see pretty decent coverage. Um, and the weather, you know, should make for a pretty clean game when we compare it to these other games with potential weather aspects. But, you know, I, I, I don't know if I want to play anybody else besides Jameson Crowder. Uh, looking at the running back position, I, I do think you can play Samaj P. Ryan despite a down game last week. The volume has just been massive for him. Uh, since taking over the role um, on his own, uh, you know, 15 carries at a minimum for this guy uh, seems to be that floor. Um, and, you know, there's a massive opportunity for more. They've given him 24 and 23 touches, and he's turned out 100 yards and 117 yards. So I, I like both 
I, I like the run game. I like Jameson Crowder. You know, Jordan Reed, not expected to play. I don't know why they just haven't put his ass on IR again yet. Uh, and that leaves oh, Vernon Davis for another good matchup. Um, but Jordan fucking Reed. God, that guy burns more people than ever. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just done. I'm never going back. Like, no, he burns me. No, We've all tasted the, the, the sweetness of that strawberry when it's in your mouth is delightful. But let's be honest, it decays. It's never in your mouth. It doesn't play. You can't. Jordan Reed, glad you got your money, but you, you're, you're, you're sort of, in my opinion, going to be out of the league within two years. Ugh. Not without a fantasy leagues without outside the league. All right. Uh, let's go to the charger side. Um, go to do your chargers thing. God. I mean, lock in Keenan Allen. He should have a great matchup playing in the slot. Um, gets Kendall Fuller there. Uh, you know, the rest of the guys you're looking at probably Melvin Gordon, uh, are, not Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, you're, looking Melvin at, Gordon. you're looking at Melvin Gordon. Uh, he is playing great, uh, except just hasn't really found the end zone at his typical regularity over the last couple weeks. Um, I, I think that's something that could continue against the Redskins. I, I think he's going to be back. Uh, the Redskins are allowing four point, uh, nearly 4.2 yards per carry to opposing running backs on the season. But over the last five weeks, that number has been 4.69. And over the last three weeks, it's been 5.2, uh, the third highest in the league over that span. So I, I think Gordon should be able to do whatever he wants. I think this offensive line has improved. Phillip Rivers looks locked in right now. The Redskins are just on a slide. Um so I'm liking everybody about the Chargers. Um, the question is, can you play one of these other wide receivers or a Hunter Henry? I mean, Hunter Henry went back and had a great game last week. Uh, and I, it, it, he's so up and down. He's, you know, the ups and the downs have been gigantic with this guy. Uh, but, you know, the last two weeks he's – Five for 76 and a touchdown, and seven for 81 and uh, no touchdown. And, and now gets another great game against, you know, another subpar, you know, tight end defending team in the Redskins who are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So I think you lock in Hunter Henry over any other wide receiver on this team this week. So I think it's Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Melvin Gordon, Phillip Rivers, and that's it. All right. One thing, I, sadly, I usually – usually we're together and I put my phone in the other room and let it charge up, but uh, something that is coming – blowing up because I am uh, – we are uh, Mark Ingram owners and I'm fighting for a playoff spot. It does look like, sadly enough, that uh, Kamara – was carted off or is uh, basically in the first quarter. Um, sorry if I'm doing any uh, spoiler here for you, but Kamara's uh, pretty much done for the game after the he, first He wasn't quarter. carted off. He's in the locker room being tested for a concussion. Okay. So, could not be carted off. Sorry, my buddy's not carted off. That, that, that's, that's okay, cool. I know you're probably watching the game, so feel free to feel free stag, stag party to – 
throw some of this stuff in. Didn't mean to cut it off, but so it's a concussion. Concussion. Yeah. That makes concussion isn't officially out for the game. So uh, I'm happy because it's not a knee or something that's going to sideline him. Concussions suck, but you can come back in a week or two, hopefully. Well, if you can get through with him scoring. These guys are making it sound like it's uh, he's he's done for the year. No, not done for the year. Concussion. You, I mean, plus he'll have ten days to recover should you make it without him. But you know, uh, Kamara probably is going to end the day with three catches for twenty-five yards and a rush for two yards. So unless you're in a PPR league, that's going to leave you with a big deficit. And I know I have him in a standard league right now where I was a big favorite. And now I'm just being tortured. It's just my. I, I just, you go to the Jets and the uh, Broncos? Mm hmm. All right. Should we do it? We'll wait after this game. We'll do our little uh, keep the light on action. Uh, Jets. Jets. The one that's, going, that's been crushing it. Well, I guess uh, McCown's been crushing it, but also Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson, it, it sounds from what I've been hearing kind of had a fluke little injury happen in practice this week, right? Yeah. uh, I I don't think it's going to be anything to be worried about. The thing is, are you still worried about uh, the Denver Broncos defense? And you look at them on the season, they've allowed still just the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Um, but over the last five weeks, uh, those numbers, are they're, they're allowing the 12th most. And then over the last three weeks, uh, they are allowing the um, the ninth most uh, points. So it, it's not as good, but they're not among the bottom of the barrel. They, they got beat up by Kenny Stills for, for five for 98 uh, last week. They haven't been giving up massive games. They've just been giving up, you know, eight, nine, ten points to certain guys, uh, and that's you know started to wear on. Um, I, I think you're probably playing Robbie Anderson as a wide receiver three if you own him. Um, other than that, uh, Jermaine Curse probably a wide receiver three just because of targets, uh, maybe a flex. And then the rest of the guys on this team, ASJ should be in a great spot to play against, uh, you know, the Denver Broncos. They really struggle to cover that tight end position. So I, I'm playing ASJ if I've got him. Um, and McCown's probably a back end, you know, t- white, uh, QB1 type of streamer. Um, but there's been talk about people – sitting Russell Wilson for Josh McCown. And I just don't think that's something I'd be willing to do. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's move over to the um, ASJ. We have him ranked pretty high. And McCown's been putting up fantasy points. That guy, how old he is, he's, um, he's, he's a facilitator of fantasy football points for himself and for – the uh, players around him. That guy, I, I, I love him. He'll, he's going to be a head coach in the NFL within the next five years, Josh McCown, for sure. I think he's going to be the next uh, VP of football operations for the Cleveland Browns tomorrow. <laughs> could, could happen. But this guy, he's going to be in offices or a head coach. 
he's just got that thing. People love him. He's a kind guy. He's a hard worker. And I, there's just no question in my mind that guy's going to be around the, it, the league post his career in a uh, non-booth and definitely uh, uh, office, front office style. But let's go to Broncos. It looks like um, Simeon's going to start this week. Yeah. What I mean, what I this 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 is almost the um, this this team's Keystone Cops for fantasy owners. I'm not even talking about the NFL for fantasy owners. There's just no rhyme or reason. There's no consistency. There's no in the know that you can do. And we used to have Demarius Thomas was there, and and Emmanuel Sanders who was one of your favorite favorites. And maybe a CJ Anderson, but now it's just like it's 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 popcorn at this point. Yeah, I got I got I don't really want to play anybody here. Um, you look at Demarius and what he's been able to do over the last five weeks. Uh, you know, it hasn't been you know, sunshine and rainbows. Uh, he's wide receiver twenty five over that span. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders has been in and out of the lineup, so he's not really been registering consistent fantasy points. I, I think if I need a wide receiver three, I'm starting to Marius Thomas. If I need a desperation flex, I guess I can go to Emmanuel Sanders. Um, the question is, you know, since changing offensive coordinators, um, has C.J. Anderson become more reliable, or is it just same old Shit, and it's probably same old shit, but they moved away from using Devontae Booker in terms of snaps the last couple weeks. You know, last week, C.J. Anderson got 15 carries for 67 yards, but also got seven targets and caught four passes for 43 yards. Uh, I I think they're going to end up using more of a mix of Booker and C.J. Anderson, but it, it the consistency for any of these guys just hasn't been there. Um, so outside of Demarius, I don't know if there's anybody I could look to start. I agree. Before we go to the next game, um, we're gonna, which is gonna be the Titans and the Cardinals. Do us a favor, help us keep the lights on. Hala for Adala. All right. Titans are going to be down in Arizona. God, Corey Davis, I wanted him to do things and arrive. I wanted to know what was going on with Murray and Derrick Henry. That has been the weirdest situation ever. Uh, I I wanted to know where... um, anybody, to be honest, the only consistent thing that happens in this team is Delaney Walker. And everything else is kind of just like flip a coin. Yep. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Titans. Yeah, I think think it could be Derrick Henry time. This is another 8-4 team. You know the Titans are 8-4? Would you believe that? You know, because I would. I would. Um, they're sort of a mirage team, uh, in my opinion, but they've been, you know, a pretty effective defense in terms of not allowing um, a, a lot of yardage, 
uh, and that's kept the score down a little bit. Um, but their offense just hasn't been as crisp as it was last year. I think teams are catching up to this exotic smash mouth. Um, there's not much to like at wide receiver right now. Luckily, Rashard Matthews should be back. Now, if Rashard Matthews is back, does that give Corey Davis an opportunity to play free of Patrick Peterson? Or do they mix and match Peterson or keep him on one side? And that's going to be a big factor because Rashard Matthews has been this team's best receiver um, over the last two years. Uh, you know, they keep trying to put push the ball to Corey Davis. It just hasn't worked. Uh, we're going to need to see what he's able to do with the full offseason. I'm just staying away anytime, you know, a young guy is out in preseason. You know, it might bite me in the ass like Odell Beckham, but I think nine times out of ten, it, it's going to be uh, uh, the right move. So when I can, that that's going to be what I'm going to do. Um. You know, he definitely does not look like he gets open. I test when he gets ca- when he gets the ball thrown to him. He makes amazing catches. I think you know Corey Davis is going to be a great player. But I test is I don't know whether it's coaching and routes or whatnot or whether he just doesn't get how to make separation. But I have my team. I played him half the games in my rookie leagues. Uh, again, only playing him in rookie leagues. But I've been like, this is the week. And then you watch him get off the line, and it's just like he's not open very much. Those awesome catches he makes is because he's not open, and Mariota isn't a great passer. So whatever. I, I It's a bummer. I think this whole offense, I like what you said about Henry. This whole offense really has got a lot to prove in fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. Delaney Walker's another guy who even could miss this game. But if he doesn't, you know, line him up uh, because, you know. What's the, his injury? He's got a mixture of injuries, man. That guy's just always banged up. He's old. He's he's 34, 35. He's got, yep. he got a late jump. Anyways, let's go over to the Cardinals side. <sighs> Let's let's go. I'm not gonna say a word. Stag party. Let's just so we can cruise through this. We're almost a couple hours, and we got some games. Like literally, just do what you think is important here on this game, and let's let's motor. I mean, if you're playing DFS, I think these guys are a lot of interesting plays. I mean, I think Blaine Gabbard against this defense, an interesting play, uh, along with Ricky Seals Jones. Um, outside of DFS, I don't know any, if any of these guys are trustable enough, um, you know, in the backfield, you know, what is happening with Adrian Peterson's injury? Is he going to be back? Is he going to be out? Because if he's out, then you're looking at Kerwin Williams getting a you know vast majority uh, of play. Um, it, it's, it's just Weird, Patrick Peterson and Adrian Peterson, you know, missing practice today. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with eight, you know, AP missing again right now. But if he plays uh, against the Titans, is it a tough matchup on the surface? Probably not. But their ball control and overall ability 
to hold on to the ball, you know, is pretty good. And, you know, you look at yards per carry allowed, which is one of the most sticky stats uh, for opposing, you know, defenses. You know, they've allowed just 3.38 on the season, 3.27 on uh, over the last five weeks and 3.4, uh, 3.14 over the last three weeks. So even if he does play, you know, he's not going to be very good. So all you're counting on is maybe a bunny touchdown, and that really hasn't came, especially with Gabbert, you know, playing well enough to find Seals Jones and Jermaine Gresham and Larry Fitzgerald in the red zone. Um, so I think Adrian Peterson and the running backs are out. I think you play AP, or I, I think you play Larry Fitzgerald, excuse me, um, lock him into your lineup just because no matter who the quarterback's been this season, he's been awesome. Um, he's making great catches, getting open whenever he wants. Larry Fitzgerald locked into your lineups, locked into your hearts. Um, <laughs> that's that's about all I feel confident. I love that that you, you showed you showed a lot of compassion there because we love Larry Fitzgerald here at Pyro, but I like I like seeing it locked into your hearts. That's great. Uh, that's good stuff. All right, let's go to the Eagles and the Rams. Eagles, Deion Sanders said this week, oh, it was just a, it was a bump in the road for the Eagles. They had that um, loss in, in, in prime time uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. I agree, but it is time for, and this doesn't matter fantasy football, but it is time for, um, you know, the, the, the targeted, the target become the targeted yeah uh and this is a game you know where you travel on the road to los angeles you travel on the road to los angeles uh a team you know you don't play very often uh against a wily old veteran coach on the defensive side of the ball in wade phillips um what's that he's the best yeah and he's just a guy who will show you a lot of exotic shit. So for a guy like Carson Wentz, this is going to be one of his tougher games of the season. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching a lot of this game. Um, you know, Wentz is going to see a lot of different blitz packages. Uh, we saw the offense struggle with pressure last week uh, against the Seahawks. Um you know, and the Rams are going to do it in a lot of different ways, and they're they're going to need to be able to, or they're going to have to be able to stop Aaron Donald, you know, up the middle, and they've got to prove that they can do that. And I'm not sure right now if they can, um, but you know, it, I, I think if you've got Eagles, you're not going to run away from them. This is just a week where. You play Alshon Jeffrey, even though he's getting a probably tough matchup in Tremaine Johnson. Uh, if Zach Ertz is back healthy, I, I, you're sticking with him. No, I mean no matter what. But right now it's week. Uh, it's what Thursday, and he's limited in practice. So that that's a major concern coming off a concussion. Um, you know the rest of the weapons, Nelson Aguilar in the slot. I, I think he's maybe a dart throw type flex play, getting the best matchup in the game um, at, at slot corner uh, against the Marcus Joyner. I think that's a good spot for him. But then at running back, it, it's still a mixture of too many guys to play any of them. 
Um, LeGarrette Blunt's getting early carries. Jay Ajayi's uh, getting carries. Corey Clement's still getting carries. And, um, you know, receptions. Um, my thought in on it overall is it, it sucks if you're an Ajayi owner. But I yeah. don't see I'm living, that. I'm living that. I'm eking into playoffs despite of the fact that I was all in on Ajayi and early rounds in all my leagues. Uh, the other guy you were looking for, the fourth dude, what is Barner or whatever? Barner? What? Yeah. I mean, he's even seeing a little bit, but he he got goal line carries numerous times since they've grabbed JJ. Uh, Yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I don't think any of those guys are, are startable right now. I do think this might be a game where they have to lean on JGI anymore, but how can I advocate starting him? You know, <laughs> eight touches, you know, nine, seven touches, you know, 13 touches, you know, 12 touches. Uh, and, you know, there hasn't been that breakout touchdown uh, since that Denver game. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the running backs. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's move on. Just to for one last, JSI, um, your Barner, the thing I talked or Barber, uh, Peyton Barber, or uh, uh, no, let's move on. We're not. I, I can't play JSI. Uh, Rams. Uh, I love the only thing I'm gonna say here, and I'm gonna let you do your thing. But I love your Rams fantasy football team name. Uh, Two girlies, one cup. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, it wasn't bad. It's pretty solid, dude. Yeah, I've been using that one for a while. Girly and cup on your team, or it doesn't matter? No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it would have been better when I thought the Rams were going to be shitty. Um, <laughs> but now that they're sort of a good fantasy football team, I probably shouldn't say too much bad stuff. But sorry, guys. Oh, no. They're pretty good. <laughs> Um, the Rams, you know, Todd Gurley, tough matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles on the season. They're allowing just 2.94 yards per carry to opposing running backs over the last five weeks. It's just 2.75 and just 3.07 over the last, um, three weeks, but they, you know, do allow receptions to opposing running backs. Todd Gurley's just been so good as a receiver and, you know, moving the ball up and down the field with a mixture of receiving ability and rushing ability that you can't take him out of the lineup. Not at all advocating for that. I'm just saying maybe adjust your expectations. Um, even though he's been, you know, the best scorer in fantasy football at the running back position this season. Um we talked about Sammy Watkins uh, and Cooper Cup. I think they're both locked into your lineup if Robert Woods is out. But, you know, there's been some rumors that he could play, but I'm going to lean on the side of that that guy's out. So that means I'm going to you know, line up both Sammy Watkins and Cooper Cup in my lineups if I have them. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins has been wide receiver 19 over the last three weeks. Uh, and Cooper Cup uh, has been up there as well. Um, has been at wide receiver twenty five. You know he's getting massive, massive work in the fucking red zone. 
which doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, he, you know, two weeks ago against the Saints, he had eight catches for 116 yards on 11 targets. Then, you know, last week he had five catches on six targets uh, for 68 yards. I think those guys are both locked in without Robert Woods in your lineup. You know, you can ignore both the tight ends. Um, so the real question is, if you like the receivers, you like, you know, the ability uh, of, you know, Gurley in the receiving game, can you play Jared Goff? And he's like a back-end borderline QB1. Uh, over the last three weeks, we've seen him struggle at Minnesota, but then, you know, 19.9 points against the Saints without Lattimore, uh, 15 points uh, against the, you know, uh, Cardinals last week. And, you know, he's got upside, but he's also got some downside. The Eagles team does line up for him to be able to pass the ball against. Um, so, There are concerns overall that he could just be phased out uh, if the Eagles get on another roll. But then this has been a guy who's been able to show up in big spots. Um, And when he faces sort of of middle-of-the-road defenses, there hasn't been much for him to worry about. So uh, I I think, you know, Goff back end QB1. Love it. And that's against uh, an Eagles defense that has been – very stout in fantasy football against uh, quarterbacks. So I agree with you. Doesn't matter. Sometimes doesn't matter what kind of defensive uh, situation you have going against you. You just got momentum, staff, and everything going your way. And Goff seems to be that kind of guy right now. Uh, let's go. You want to go on to the next matchup? Absolutely. Last game of the afternoon Sunday. Seahawks, Jaguars, wow. This is uh, – this is this could be one of – not saying this could be amazing for fantasy football, but just like the future next three, five years uh, of the NFL could be uh, in this game a lot. Yeah, I mean the Jaguars are, you know, maybe the future Seahawks. You look at – you know, their style of defense, hard hitting, um, you know, getting after it, putting pressure on the quarterback, causing turnovers, causing disruption. Uh, the Jaguars are unbelievable defensively. But also, if there is an MVP in the National Football League right now, it is Russell Wilson. Nobody is carrying their team like Russell Wilson. He is putting this team on his back. Uh, literally carrying running backs, you know, to promised land and, you know, putting receivers in great spots, throwing touchdowns to Jimmy Graham like it's his job, like it's supposed to be and it is. Um, Russell Wilson's been playing great um, NFL MVP in my book. Uh, and as we talked about, he's the number one scoring uh, quarterback on the season. He's the number one scoring quarterback over the last three weeks he's the uh number one scoring uh quarterback over the last five weeks however you want to segment it russell wilson is number one um and his rushing ability just gives him that floor and it's really something that the uh jacksonville jaguars you know haven't seen all that much this season uh 
You know, they saw Deshaun Watson in a half game, and he had 16 yards. They saw Marcus Mariota, and he had 24 yards. Uh, Jacoby Brissett just put up six yards of carry against him last week. Um, And, you know, maybe how Russell gets it done is not that big passing day like we've seen, but maybe he rushes for 50, 60 yards, throws two touchdown passes and a pick uh, for 200 passing yards, and just does it because this is a guy who, no matter the circumstances, seems to show up late in games and put on performances. Uh, and that's what I want to see from my quarterbacks. I love uh, looking at our uh, the heat index uh, pyro power ranking or pyro player rankings on pyromaniac.com. And right now, Russell Wilson, um, and again, these change up until even 11 o'clock on Sunday morning when the uh, inactives and whatnot uh, come out because everything matters. Uh, but you look, and it's amazing the way on the Pyro Power Rankings, you've got Russell Wilson, the number one quarterback in fantasy football on the Seahawks, going against the Jacksonville Jaguars, the number one defense against quarterbacks on the season. And it's going to be friggin', and it's awesome that this happened in the late game. It's going to be friggin' awesome to see which one breaks, which one budges. Yeah, yeah, it's that's what happens. I mean, it's a strength versus strength type game. Um, you know, Doug Baldwin, you know, probably the best receiver in this game. They have been using Jalen Ramsey a little bit more in the slot, uh, but also, you know, Higgs has been a little more banged up. Um, I I think it's going to be strength versus strength. The, the only weapon I want to play on the Seahawks, honestly is Russell Wilson, a guy like Doug Baldwin. If I've got better options as a wide receiver too, I'm going to go with them. Um, Yeah, I I guess Baldwin is is Baldwin. I'm probably going to rank as a wide receiver three. I'm going to fade off, you know, guys like uh, Tyler Lockett and Paul Richardson. Um, And then Jimmy Graham, I'm probably going to lock into my lineups uh, because, you know, where they struggled the most, is it covering opposing tight ends? Um, and and he, uh, along with um, the Kansas City Chiefs, right now the Seahawks are the number one offensive team for tight ends. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, let's move on. The one thing that it, it has been kind of a bummer for Doug, uh, Doug Baldwin owners, he had those moments, and to think that. Russell's having this kind of seminal, amazing season, and Doug's been a letdown. Like, he was a letdown, and he kind of had those two, had a couple of splash moments that made people think the second half of the season might be uh, ready for him. But Doug Baldwin, big letdown, as many players are always. But I didn't see that one coming. I mean, I guess it depends how you're going to define letdown. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting there, but Doug Baldwin is definitely can't be. Let me go to first page. Doug Baldwin is 19 in standard scoring. Okay, so yeah, 20 and 20. There you go. All right, fair enough. I mean, he's good, but I I think this is more of who he is. A guy who's going to catch 85 to 90 passes for a thousand yards, five or six touchdowns. I, I think 
doing better than uh, than um, Mike. He's he's hired Mike Evans, Tate, and Des Bryant. So yeah. Amari Cooper. So all right. I like what you say. This is more of who he is. Where yeah. we've seen Doug Baldwin over the last couple of years, especially during that amazing run two years ago, be top 10. Yeah. I think he's more of, you know, wide receiver 15 to 20, and that's his range. Um, and if he's getting above that, it's because of outlier seasons uh, or him catching 14 touchdown passes. Cool. Stag party. Do do us all a favor and breeze through this Jaguar situation. I know there's a lot of new faces that are uh, that are peeking in here, but just uh, drop some knowledge on the um, the Jaguar side of the thing so we can get to the next game. Uh, Jaguars, like I think you could start Blake Bortles if you're absolutely desperate at quarterback. Uh, you know, now that the Legion of Boom is down to the Legion of Boom. Now, now, Legion of L O or M? Uh, Legion of mm, mm, Legion of M, because that's what it is. Uh, There's only one left. Um, Now, no, you can start Blake Bortles. Uh, Over the last, you know, three to five weeks uh, since these injuries have really started to happen, um, the Seattle Seahawks uh, have been getting. Well, a little bit lambasted at times, but then last week we saw them get pressure uh, on Carson Wentz. But look at Drew Stanton, you know, 15 points. Matt Ryan, 17 points. C.J. Beathard and Jimmy Garoppolo combining for 13.2 fantasy points. Uh, Carson Wentz last week, 16.9 fantasy points. Uh, You know, there's a a 17-point you know, type of game in Blake Bortles as long as he takes care of the ball. Uh, when, when you also look at the Seahawks, what they what they are doing is still stopping the run game. Uh, on the season, they are allowing 3.62 yards per carry. Over the last five weeks, though, that is just 2.65 yards per carry, the lowest number in the league. And over the last three weeks, it's 3.19 yards per carry. Um, so Leonard Fournette could have a struggle game. And they're going to try and make Blake Bortles beat them. Um, we saw yesterday, or last week, that the Seahawks tried to make uh, Carson Wentz beat them, and he couldn't, and they were able to get pressure. So it, I, I think they're going to make a very similar game plan, make Blake Bortles beat you on the road, or with Blake Bortles at home, but play that same all, sort of game plan. I'm going to say stag party. For uh, myself, how much I know you put into this and our audience, the fact that you're like, we saw yesterday, which basically means you watched the game yesterday on Game Pass or whatever the fuck you watched it. We know you were in (laughs) Mexico uh, on Sunday when the game actually happened. That's why you're the best. You watched the game, you're like, yeah, we saw yesterday. I mean, Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it happens. But, uh, but I love you for that, dude. You're 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 a testament, and your just desire for the craft is unfucking believable. You're the best. Yeah, let's talk Marquise Lee after that. 
Marquise Lee, you know, he's looked pretty good over the last couple weeks, really struggled at the beginning of the season, but now has started to turn it on. The numbers have started to show up for him, you know, in a pretty big way. He's catching touchdown passes, which is something that he struggled with, but he's also just being that chain mover. Um, They're not asking him to be D.D. Westbrook and go deep, but, you know, last week caught seven for 86 and a touchdown. Um, that's his game is going to be the possession chain mover type. Uh, and you know, he's got a pretty safe floor as long as he's not playing a guy like Patrick Peterson. And, you know, we know, uh, Richard Sherman's not there anymore. Um, and the other wide receivers, you know, Alan Hearns has been so banged up, uh, you know, DD Westbrook, everybody keeps waiting for him to blow up, but you know, has it been there for DD? Uh, I haven't been that impressed, um, you know, of that guy. And it's, it's, how do I say this? Like, I don't know if it's going to happen this season for D.D. Westbrook. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, but, you know, Keelan Cole's been active um, over that span Fuck it. Let's move on. We don't need to talk about any of these guys. If you're playing these guys, you're 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 basically in the losers bracket in order to not have to pay a penalty for being the worst team in the league. What's that? Eating a bag of uh, or a whole box of uh, pizza puffs. Pizza puffs. Uh, makes sense. Uh, I mean, let's go on. Let's go on. You want to move on? Targets have been there for Didi. I guess we're just waiting for that splash play. Go to the Ravens at the Steelers late Sunday night. Holla for a dollar. We're going to start with the Ravens who are going over to uh, Pittsburgh. You know, I guess the only we talked to a little bit. The only thing I'm going to say is Wallace kind of. all of a sudden, over the last handful of games, Wallace is a notable player. Fucking Do you feel like you're having him in your lineup? No, but if you're in a deep league, he's getting some play. Fucking finally. That's all I'm going to say. It's like we waited for you all season. He never showed up. Mike Wallace, over the last three weeks, is wide receiver 18. Um you know, it really came down to last week. Uh, you know, uh, okay, let's look at the last three weeks. He caught four for four for 56 and a touchdown um, against Green Bay. Then he caught five on 11 targets for 48. And then last week he got five for 116 on eight targets against Detroit. So the numbers have been there. The Steelers uh, look like a tough team. Uh, against opposing passers, but, you know, they got beat up last week. It looks like they lost their heart and soul in Ryan Chazier for the year. Um, This is one of the best coverage linebackers in the league, and, you know, he's going to be sorely missed by this defense. Um, Well, if we're going to talk about him at this point, the only thing I'll say is all listeners, everyone, go and I, I promote and I, I talk about this site all the time. But the Player Journal, go and I tweeted this out on Pyromaniacs uh, Twitter account. 
Twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. Stay with us on Twitter. The shit's we're, we're, we're taking care of business over there and helping your fantasy domination there for sure. But uh, an amazing article that happened, I think it was about a year ago. It was this year. Um, about Ryan Shazier, and obviously you know him as a shaved head guy with no eyebrows. There's uh, a number of player, professional athletes that are out there right now. Villanueva, who's the guy from Tennessee that's actually on the Steelers as well. You, you know what we're talking about. This disease is called alopecia. And Ryan Shazier, before all this sadness and He's never going to play football again. I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say it, but the guy underwent a, a spinal cord surgery today. It was worse than they thought it was. We saw what happened. Shazir, Ryan, an amazing guy, OSU people. Just what this guy's done is unbelievable. He was one of the heart and souls of the Steelers team. He's not going to play football again. I want him to, but he's not going to. Um, but check out this Player Journal article about his him growing up with alopecia and the fact that he always got bullied as a kid because he didn't have hair on his head and he had no eyebrows and all this stuff. Amazing, amazing stuff. And, again, I just think there's so many side stories and there's so, there's so much tangential stuff in fantasy football, the NFL, and sports, that I think it's important for me to be a part of that in this show, but for us to show this and, I don't know, just gone. <laughs> Bummed out for the guy. Shazir was one of the one of the greats. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, so at, uh, Alex Collins, I'm getting some reverb right now. I am too. I'll throw my uh, headphones in, but I am too. So do your thing. All right. So Alex Collins, um, you know, looks like the best start in this game. You know, we talked about Mike Wallace, uh, what he's been able to do over his last three weeks. But, um, you know, Alex Collins going up against the Steelers, who can be run on, uh, that's the spot I like. Especially, you know, losing Shazier, a guy who can go sideline to sideline, and sort of their newfound, let's roll with Collins and see what we've got over the last couple weeks. So, you know, Collins finally finding the end zone a couple weeks ago, and now has found it, you know, four times um, during that span, during the last three weeks. Uh, he's got 20, 16, 15 carries. Um, he should just be locked in, especially now that they're using him a little bit as a receiver, you know, seven, two, two, two in the target department. Uh, this is a guy who should be locked in as a back end sort of, you know, RB two, because this is such a bad offense. Um, and then you're looking at Wallace is that, you know, deep wide receiver play uh, with some upside because of his deep speed. Um, but a, a guy like you know Ben Watson and Jeremy Macklin, um, Danny Woodhead, uh, those guys are all, all going to be off my radar. Um, you know maybe maybe Woodhead is the closest one, 
but we just haven't seen enough from him over the last few weeks in consistent role and consistent play time to think that Woodhead's going to be more than uh, a, a you know three to four or five point fantasy point scorer um, unless you're playing in PPR leagues and looking like for seven or eight points. Um, I don't know if he has any upside. Let's go over to the Steelers side. I agree. Um, so it's Big Ben at home in prime time against a division opponent to which he typically struggles. So there's like a lot of different factors going back and forth here. Um, I think I'm just going to roll on the side of Antonio Brown and, you know, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that sounds like good plays. Uh, I don't think I'm sitting either of those guys. So, you know, they don't have Jimmy Smith anymore. Um, who's going to be serving a, you know, drug-related suspension, uh, performance-enhancing drug-related suspension. So that gives, you know, Brown a boost, and it gives Martavis Bryant a boost, and because this team will also be without Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and even with his injuries over the last couple of weeks, Martavis Bryant may not have been playing the snaps that Juju was, but he has been getting opportunities and targets, and they've been going his way. So I'm playing Martavis Bryant if I've got him as a wide receiver three flex play. I think I'd play him over most of the other guys we talked about in that range. Um, and, yeah, I don't play, think I'm, Would you play him over uh, Diggs and, and uh, Watkins? No, I, those are they're all real close. I mean, if you just I know, that's why I'm asking. These uh, are my options, and yeah. I draft and I drafted Martavis as my in the fifth round over a lot of guys like um, <coughs> uh, DeAndre Hopkins. In the fifth round, DeAndre Hopkins went in your league. I no, he went. DeAndre Hopkins in my big money league. Went and it's a smaller league, but he went in the sixth round, and I took Mark Davis over him. I like a fucking you. idiot. Oh man, it hurts my heart. I know it hurt me too. It's it hurt me all season. But let's go. Let's go back to the Steelers. Martavis. Uh Davis over the last two weeks, six targets, six targets. Before that, four targets, five targets. Uh, it's just not a giant enough workload, and with how Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell have been playing, I, I've got to start the other guys over over this guy. Cool. Um, Love it. But Love he's, it. Got, he's got the blow-up factor. We know that. We just haven't seen it at all this season. He's got zero 100-yard games, just two touchdowns on the season, and is averaging just uh, you know over a hair over five targets a game. Yeah, it's painful. Anything else you want to uh, rock and roll with the Steelers? No. All right. This is our last game. We're close. We're closing it. Big Ben. Yeah. Uh, We're closing it out. Monday Night Football. Patriots at the Dolphins. Start with the Patriots. I know just by looking that we've got Tom Brady's ranked um, in the heat index. Could change. Probably not. He's our number one quarterback. Uh, even with a Gronk out, tell us what's going on. Burkhead, uh, Cooks, what do you think could happen this week in an important week for guys starting or sitting their Patriot players? Um, 
In the last three matchups against the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots have scored 31, 35, and 35 points. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty good. I think, <laughs> I think you're going to go out and you're going to start, um, you know, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks over the last, you know, three to five weeks has been a top 10 player uh, without Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan's actually expected back this week, uh, which could limit some of his upside, but I think he's locked into your lineup. Uh, Just two weeks ago against Miami, uh, when they scored 35 points, um, Brandon Cooks had six catches on seven targets for 83 yards and a touchdown. Also had an 11-yard carry. I think you're locking in Cooks. Um, you know, last game was pretty much his worst game of the season. Uh, I think you're going to see a rebound from that. Cooks is always a guy who seems to come off those low games, you know, with nice rebound spots. Um, Tom Brady will make sure to get him the ball. Hogan, I think, is going to serve a big role in the red zone, uh, especially with Gronkowski out of the lineup. Um you know, I don't trust any of the replacements at tight end. Now that Martellus Bennett went on IR a couple of weeks ago, I don't trust Dwayne Allen. I'm not looking for a guy like Jacob Hollister to make an impact in my lineup. It sucks to be without Gronk, but that was a fucking egregious ass hit. Um, and yeah, I mean, at, at running back, I think you could start both Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead with some abandon. We saw what Rex Burkhead did against Miami just two weeks ago. I'm firing Rexy, sexy Rexy up if I got him. And he had his best game as a Patriot last week. Uh, I know I played against a team that had him on his bench. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Um, go, over to the, go over to the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, Dolphins. I guess you start Jarvis Landry, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, you're Drake starting... is number one, right? What's that? Isn't Drake? No, he's not number one, but hold on. Right now, we've got Kamara's number one. Sadly, he got hurt. But Drake, number five. Yeah. That... Drake looks good. I mean, we saw. Um... That's against good de- rushing defense. Yeah. And, you know, as long as Damian Williams is out and they're not going to split this backfield, um, it it looks good for, you know, a guy like Kenyon Drake. Uh, They've got no one else. They can, you know, push the ball to him. Good things are going to happen. So, you know, this guy is dynamic. He can make things happen. I just don't know how long. He would last if in a feature role for, you know, like a big amount of time. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if he's a guy who could handle a workload for, you know, half a season. But um, we'll worry about that in the offseason. Yeah. Right now, right now, shockingly enough, he, as always happens, he's the most unassuming name you would think would be a top five running back. Uh, in week 14, along with Alvin Kamara. Yeah, who's officially been ruled out for the rest of the game. Motherfucker. Sorry. Rex Burkhead is top 10 at number 8 right now. Jamal Williams is number 9 right now, and Alex Collins. So this is just to reiterate and drive home. Drafting's important. Draft an amazing team, but stay on top of it because – 
none of the last five players I announced were drafted. Yep, probably not, not unless you're in the deepest of leagues. Um, so I, Landry, Stills, yeah, yeah, depending on Stills is in that deep wide receiver three deep shot type discussion with Deshaun Jackson, with T.Y. Hilton, you know, with the Mike Williams type of plays. Um, Mike Wallace, excuse me. Um, Kenyon Drake, I think you're locking into your lineup against the Patriots. Uh, he did struggle to run the ball against the Patriots two weeks ago, um, but then showed up big at Denver in a more featured role. He's one of those guys that's maybe one play away. He, he's got that sort of athleticism and burst that, you know, he can get there in a home run flash. Um but, yeah, I don't think you're playing Jay Cutler or Matt Moore or whoever the fuck they want to run out there quarterback this week. Um, Julius Thomas, not yeah. happening. Julius is all right, like, but no, probably not. He's another <laughs> tight end, too. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. I think so we're done. Against the Patriots who fucking do just own their butts. They own their butts. And it's weird because – over and over again, they trade their best players. Then their best players go on IR, and the new people that come in, and just it doesn't seem to really matter. Uh, Stag party, buddy. Good to catch up with you. Good to talk through this fantasy football thing of us. It's week 14. That means in season, we've only got 15, 16. We got three more of these. We've also talked, and I'll mention it again, we're doing our our episode 300. Dogmatica has confirmed he will join us for it at one point, but he, he remembered episode 200, and he's like, dude, you got, we all just got too fucked up. He's like, I'm just going to come in for like a few hours, get fucked up, and get out. Um, I agree that it shouldn't be seven hours. <laughs> No, I, well, then you're going to have to leave. We're <laughs> going to go ballistic. I'm going to be slurring my words like Donald Trump was the other day on his post um, dentures falling out kind of thing. Here's what I'll say. Stag party. Welcome back. So happy for you that you got a little Mexico time. Got to get away from it. Shut it off. Disconnect. I've told people on this show on Twitter, on our social media, and the people that I uh, talk to on a regular basis that are friends and family, you work so hard on Pyro and, you know, your real job as well. Um, it was like having you out for those six or seven days was so awesome, but it also, and I already knew how much you do, but it reaffirmed like what a badass you are on just getting shit done. So, much love to you, fist bump. I know we're across a uh, Uber conference. Um, let's close this party down. Let's watch some Thursday night football. Anything else you want to say? No, peace out, people, and good luck to you in week 14 if you started the playoffs already. If you haven't, do whatever you can do to get there. You know, if, if a guy like Alvin Kamara goes down for you and you feel like you know you got to take a risk, well, do it. Uh, now is the time. Uh, to make it happen. Cool. Love you, Stag Party. You're the greatest. Later, bro. All right.
Uh, the music that we've got going on today is Ambulance LTD. These, this is a band that I actually used to somewhat be friends with and uh, back in the, my early turn of the century New York days. They are fucking awesome. The song we opened up with was The Way That I Treat You. And to be honest, I haven't even figured out the one we're going to close out with because we're doing it on over uh, an Uber conference. But that's Ambulance LTD, that's Stag Party, that's D-Rex, Houdini. We're sending out some love to you and your family and everything. And uh, we, we love you and we miss you and hope everything uh, is going all right. Stag Party, fist bump across the airwaves. Um, love it. Appreciate all you do. Appreciate you guys listening to us. We're out.